Well, I hear the nation coming. They're rolling round the bend. I hear they got a fun fly, but I don't know when. I'm stuck in crappy weather with the lines to fly. And when the sun finally comes out, I hang my head and cry. <laughs> <laughs> He's here all week, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Be sure and tip your waitress. Ladies and version 2.0. I am Dan and this is episode number 72. I have the usual cast of suspects with me today. Nick. Hey. Nick's a little under the weather today. Yeah. His vajayjay hurts a little bit today. <laughs> he's, been, he's been whining about it all day long and we're going to make fun of him all episode long. Yippee. So stick around for that. Of course, Justin's here. What's up, guys? And Jesse. How's it going, guys? It's going pretty well, man. So, Nick, dude, what, what, what's you a little, you a little under the weather today, big fella? What, what's going on? I got sick again. You suck. <laughs> I know. I didn't. I don't know if I've ever had that happen in my life. You like, got to stop sick. kissing babies, man. It's like <laughs> twice in one week, isn't it, dude? It's twice in two weeks. I like got sick really bad for a week, and then had like two days. <laughs> And then it was right back where it started again. Well, I'm a medical professional. I'm a registered nurse. And I, I will tell you that meth does lower your immune system. It compromises your immune system. So um, just a little heads up, a little warning. Maybe you need to reconsider the... Yeah, all those 26-hour days add up. Yeah. So yeah. meth and oranges. Is that what you're telling me then? <laughs> Yeah, that'll work. Getting, getting okay. closer. Uh, I'm telling you what, or you could just here's what you do, man. Just just take like uh, vitamin C. Yeah, just pop a multivitamin. Okay. Yeah, and you sh- you should be good to go. Smoking meth, shooting OJ. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> just just mainline that, man. If you want, me, I'll come over and I'll put an IV in for you. We'll just yeah. put some OJ in it. A little yeah, bit of crack. There we go. There Can we you go. make it sunny, D? <laughs> Oh, oh, I hate that I shit. That shit's right nasty. <laughs> I just never really got into the sunny D. So that's crazy, man. You've been doing anything fun and exciting while you're fighting this illness? Yeah, I absolutely. I stuffed an NX4. <laughs> oh, man. And I think that's what started it. Yeah? It just I got do. you down? It just beat you down? It did. It it beat me down. It's not, it's not that bad. Um, and it wasn't... It was just kind of one of those learning experiences, I think, for everyone. Technically, I can't say that it was not my fault. I was in a backwards inverted hurricane and with um, 
I don't know, a little less than a quarter tank, and flame out. Uh-oh. Yeah. And boy, let me tell you, <laughs> when, you're, when you're about 15 feet off the deck with that little heli in a full collective hurricane, it... um. Stops. The second that you hear the motor quit, the blades have stopped. The blades stop at the same time. <laughs> yeah. So not I, much energy left. Uh, no, thank goodness I was not rocking a canopy at that time. Yeah. So I just went ahead and um, actually fed in positive, kind of got the blades restarted, and then flared at the end and amazingly uh, broke. One blade. Wow. Like, yeah, that's about as good as you can expect out of that, man. Dude, you know what? You know what's the worst thing about that is it was somebody else's helicopter. It. Yeah. Thanks. That I do. Yeah. I'm speaking <laughs> from experience, man. When I smashed up Ed's heli this past summer, I know exactly. That's horrible. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you do. You do. It is a. It's it, defeating. I would have felt. Like I would have, it's it's this weird, awkward situation where if I would have drove it in, like dumb thumbed it, yeah, I would have bought James a new kit. I just would have bought a new kit, put it together, put it back together, and not been even good told. to go, right? <laughs> but it, well, no, I I called him on the way home from. Oh wait, I got to tell you guys this, and this was just like, it doesn't get any worse in life. So I'm I'm driving out of there. And I'm prepping myself for this, you know, because I, I've got to call this guy. So I call him. I'm like, hey, dude, what's up? He goes, dude, I'm sitting here working on my 600 Nitro. And I'm about ready to throw the effing thing all the way across the effing room. And oh, I'm just having such a bad day. The only thing that would make it worse is if you told me the Gowie went in. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. And I actually, I hesitated. I was like, <laughs> like, oh shit, should I tell him? Oh. Yeah, I was sitting there thinking, you know, I could just not tell him. Uh, about that. Um, yeah, about that. Uh, but I, you know, I fessed up and we talked about it and it, what it, it has turned out to be. Um, there was a lot of problems. And, and even, you know, Bobby Watts had mentioned it in his video about the factory fuel line on the NX4 to go ahead and replace it. And you have to be really, really conscious in a small fuel tank like this with the type of clunk that you use and the uh, the stiffness of the fuel line and the length. And it was just kind of a wicked bad combo. And what had happened is I still had, you know, well over a quarter inch of fuel in the main tank, but it had sucked a ton of air during that hurricane and it was, I actually had like half of a header tank's worth. So I had fuel in oh, all the wrong places. I feel like there's a song in that, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, it was kind of a learning experience. I pulled it apart, went with a, you know, uh, a clear, super, super thin silicone clunk line mm -hmm. uh, on there. And I think that should should take care of it. Just wasn't quite flexible enough to to keep it rolling. That just sucks, dude. Yeah, it was horrible. I tore the thing like tore it down to the to the jimmies, <laughs> you know, looking for anything and everything. Got it all put back together, and it 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 looks brand new. It feels brand new. It it's still brand new. I'm I'm just super super thankful that I 
remained calm. Nick Nick needed a little therapy that day because he actually called me shortly thereafter. I think it was after, right after you got done talking uh, with your friend James's name. Yeah. And he says to me, you won't believe what happened today. And I was guessing, like, you know, whatever. Bad things could happen. He goes, I put the Gowie in. I think he called all three of us because I got a similar phone call while I was at the field. So he needed he needed to share it. He needed he needed to get it off of his chest. (laughs) Well, it was tough because it's like you feel so horrible, but then you know it's like you're sitting here going, "Yeah, but okay, it would have happened to anyone because it wasn't my fault." But it doesn't change how bad you feel. You know, when someone sends you a brand new helicopter that's never been flown to finish up, you want to be able to give them a helicopter that is in <laughs> as new as possible condition. And it, it still is, you know, no can. I didn't have the canopy on or anything like that. So yeah. it, it'll be, it's just fine. It's water mm-hmm. under the bridge. He was super cool about it. Once he kind of, once he calmed down, we put all the pieces together of what happened. I mean, that's, that's a part of the hobby. You know, I've been on both sides of that story. Nick, I crashed yeah, Ed's. I crashed Ed's six hundred, and then mm-hmm. I, I also had a fusion. As a, many of the listeners who have been around for a while oh, know, dude, I totally forgot about that. And yeah. of course, I'll just give you guys a quick refresher for those who don't remember. But uh, Rob, when Rob was with us, I sent the heli to him I, I, as a kit. I didn't even open the box, and all the fittings and everything he needed. He was uh, going to do a video. He did a bit of build video on it. So he gets it flying and he's flying over there near where he works and he's cruising along at about a hundred feet and he hit a guy wire for a communications tower at full speed. (laughs) So he didn't, you know, he did, I mean, dude, he ripped this fusion in two. It was a complete and utter rekit. I think there was like one or maybe two servos that made it through the crash. Wow. Yeah. He, he told, he he had the balls to not tell me until we were recording. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. That was the first time you heard about it. Dude. He was like, so I got some bad news. I'm like, what? He goes, I crashed the fusion. And I was like, ha ha ha. He goes, no, dude, I I uh I really did. I totaled the fusion. It's it's a rekit. Ha ha ha, whatever. You <laughs> bastard. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, eventually he convinced me and I ha- I literally I got I mean, I was like, uh, okay, what do I do with this information? <laughs> Knowing we were recording. Maybe that's why he did it cuz he knew we'd be recording and he knew I couldn't really get too awful upset at him, but anyway, I you know, shit happens. I did whatever. Life goes on. Anything else cool and exciting been going on, dude? Besides, uh, you know, I got corrected. You did from one of our listeners. Uh oh. Yeah, I was calling them acrobatic autos. Yeah. And I believe that is the incorrect version. Okay. It's aerobatic. Oh, okay. I can I can dig that. Yeah. Sure. Is that past everyone's sniff test? Or did I get it? I probably got it backwards again. <laughs> yeah, that'll work. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it that. So, uh, thanks for pointing that out. So I we're, had, we're calling them acrobatic 
autos now. No, aerobatic. 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 See, I already got it wrong. Yeah, no, I didn't even know. Oh, that. Screw that, man. I'm going to continue to call, just just because. I prefer to just call them badass autos. Yeah, there you go. I call them. Da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, no, that's about it. I've got. Yeah, no, that's it. Cool, Jesse. What have you been up to this week, dude? Oh, the usual, Dan. Got out last weekend and got in some flights. Forty or so flights this week. <laughs> No, I, I kind of had a little hang-up. To get in that many flights, you have to have helicopters that make it that many flights. Did you crash again? Oh. It, it was another one of those weekends, you know, where Saturday morning. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's like Christmas. So, dude, you crashed the 70s. You, you don't even know what happened. I, I didn't don't. didn't tell you yet. No. You and you're, already getting, you're already getting excited. Screw you, dude. Where's that? Where's that? I need to, where's that button to mute his mic at? I need to. No, actually, yeah. I need to hear about this. What, what the hell? Which one did you crash? So, well, it was one of those weekends where, you know, Saturday morning, going to the field, you got all three helis, and uh, you Sunday, af- Sunday afternoon sitting there, and you're like, crap, I don't have any to fly. Oh, I, love <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So two so, compasses down. Two two compasses and a synergy. Three more to go, and we're done. Yeah, and, you know, quick turnaround. They're all ready to go again. Oh. Um but I mean, nothing, nothing major. The, uh, the compass, the seven HV was a, a power loss, a complete power loss in flight, Uh-oh. which usually those end up not being such a nice crash. But in my case, it, um, wasn't too bad. I was actually upright doing, I don't know, some sort of transition, but the heli was upright and just kind of drifting to the side huh. when it happened. And it just, you know, softly glided down. And then once the skids hit the ground, it just slowly tipped over oh so and it, it ended up just being blades for that one okay you know um, nuts that is though for complete like servo oh, power loss too. yeah com- i mean i go up there the receiver's not on the v-bar's not on. nothing is turned on so yeah i don't know who's luckier you or nick so just, with the nx4 i mean that's crazy did you get it yeah. figured out or what's the deal did you yeah so so what it ended up being was um on my Genzase batteries that have like i don't know 200 and 25 or 250 cycles on them one of the main leads must have come loose on the inside or something oh so unfortunately but you know i was luckily getting ready to order up some new ones so they were they were kind of reaching the end of their life span so okay. two and a quarter so, yeah like 225 cycles on them something like that holy cow yeah that's pretty good isn't it for battery yeah I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> oh yeah, yeah dude. so yes and no they were still yeah, yeah i gotta so. you know what I, I don't know that I like this trend of finding out about your compass crashes until the night we record. I, I'm not sure well, how see, that I sets with me. I mean, is that is that really a crash? Well, yeah, you broke blades, didn't you? Yeah, I did break blades. So, so but you're to, gonna you're gonna to you're gonna tell order. me about a glorious discru- destruction of a warp, right? Um, not so. It, it did crash really hard, but not much broke. <laughs> so I was. I was doing pyro flips and all of a sudden the tail is completely gone and um, kind of tagging off what Nick said on really, and this heli is even smaller yet. So you can imagine um, the blades just nearly instantly stopped and there was no regain in momentum on those. So um, it went in inverted right on the head. I didn't have the canopy on both mm-hmm. blades just go flying, you know, sheared right off. And uh, it ended up just being the blades in a main shaft. Oh, dude, dude, that, that, that heli, heli is, is just off the hook. So that that was a a pretty cheap 
pretty cheap crash and then the N5 was no big deal just one of the uh, um, for the boom supports one of the uh, screws that holds it into the frame sheared off so and that caused a you know, crash? no I mean it, it did take it out of the air for the oh, day oh right I gotcha yeah because that was Sunday flying it and all of a sudden it just starts violently shaking oh and uh, <laughs> autoed it down and sure enough one of the boom supports was just hanging there so they do that. It's just what they do. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a nitro thing, I guess. So, well, so yeah, no, nothing major, but yeah. So Sunday, I was sitting there. Sunday at about noon, it's, you know, <laughs> 40, 45 degrees out, no wind oh, at the field man. going, well, let's uh, go home because I officially have no more helis to crash. No this helis weekend. to fly. <laughs> oh, but they're, all, they're all ready to rock again for this yep. weekend. They're all ready to go. So it's, right. it's looking good tomorrow and uh, hopefully get some flights in. How's the sim time been coming? Um, it's been a little scarce this week. Uh oh. Um, yeah, it took a you know a couple days off. Not nothing, nothing crazy. So I've been simming every night. Yeah. Oh man, Dan. I'm on a mission this year, boys. I'm not. I'm not worried yet, but we'll see. Oh, we'll see at Othello. <laughs> yeah. Well, you better. I'm, I'm coming for just, you. He's coming let for you, know, you, man. He's not worried. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. I, I said I said yet. I said yet. I threw you a little, you know. Yeah, we'll see about that when I break your thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I'll you better bring your brother. Remember, with you, dude, dude, he's got a big brother. I was gonna say. He's gonna be even bigger by that time. Yeah, but he's I'll just working out. I'll just yeah. I'll just bring like a pound of beef for him and <laughs> throw it out in the middle of the field. <laughs> throw, throw it on the side, he'll <laughs> He'll run after 30 that. ounces steak in a Playboy, he won't be moving for a week. <laughs> <laughs> or, maybe a, or maybe like an Xbox 360. I'll bring that to the field. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's he's putting You're me screwed, to shame Jesse. now with his schedule. I mean, that you know college football thing oh, isn't dude. all it's uh, cracked up to oh, be. He's, uh, people who haven't experienced that have no clue. And I actually, I did play college football. Yeah. And so uh, no, he's. Wow. It's intense. Yeah, even in and it's you know it's not even the season, no, and he's no. and he's not done till you know ten o'clock every day. Oh yeah, they wow, work the, they work the piss out of you. Two double turnouts. Yeah, it's it sounds so he is going to be much bigger so. next to Thello. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome though. Yeah. So, well, that's cool, dude. I'm sorry to hear that you crashed. Although you know, um, the only good compass is a crashed compass. So, yep. Well, what can I say about that? Send the hate mail to me because I love getting your compass hate mails. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll have to sneak a couple in there. You should. You should sneak a couple in there. Just create some accounts. <laughs> Send them to me. Yeah. So, Justin, Justin, I haven't been drinking. I swear to God. I swear to God. Justin, what have you been up to, man? Dude, not only did I fly. Liar. But I did not crash. What? <laughs> Who I are mean, you and what I'm you flipping this shit upside down. Watch out. Who are you and what have you done with Justin? I know. So last Saturday I got out. Uh, I didn't think, you know, the, the man, the weather guys around here, they have to have the greatest job in the world. Seriously, because they <laughs> yeah. get paid shloads of money and they're always wrong. And that's the expectation. So I wake up Saturday morning. I'm looking at, you know, usually it takes a couple of hours in the morning to get the stuff to burn off the fog and the crappy, 
clouds, but they're saying, oh, it's going to be 50. It's going to be sunny and clear. So I roll out to the uh, to the field around, oh, I'd say 11, 1130, hoping that within an hour things would clear up. No, it was crappy, windy, cold, foggy, just terrible weather. So I'm thinking, well, at least I'll have the field to myself. It, it turns out that there are other people out there uh, crazy enough to fly in the same weather. And I ran into Thor, Thor Ooh, Nelson. Yeah. Uh, he's a, a fellow listener and friend and Greg Campbell as well. So nice. it was actually cool to be able to hang out with a couple of people. And Thor took video of me flying. Well, here's the deal. He took video of somebody flying because whoever was flying uh, had a hoodie on, couldn't see any you know facial features. And I posted another photo that he got of me with my face in the same scene. Uh-huh. So it's proof, dude. You notice the silence? <laughs> You're killing me here. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> no, well, that's, that's cool. okay. You finally got some flying in. Good. No crashes. Got some flying in. No crashes. And, uh, Finished up the break-in. Okay, yeah. Starting yeah. to tune on the synthetic oil, which is really great. And I actually got out today as well, uh, put in a few flights, actually two flights only today before I started getting rained out. But um, I was quick to get on the phone and brag to Nick about the fact that uh, despite only having put in two flights, I got 26 minutes of flight time. Ooh. 13 minutes of flight, man. I am loving the gasser. Eh, whatever. It's not about number of flights anymore. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. Stick time, baby. So, yep. hey, uh, um, you know, last week you came up, well, you you, you had this nickname idea for, for, for Nick. Oh, yeah, no talk. And I, th- I was thinking about it during the week. And I was thinking that, you know, Justin No Fly, it doesn't feel right to have Nick No Talk because it's like, yeah, it's kind of the, it's not the same, but the whole, you know, it's kind of the same spirit, you know? Mm-hmm. So I thought, what would be better? And I was thinking, how about Nick the Mute? (laughs) (laughs) I like it. It rolls off the tongue quite well. Nick the Mute. The Mute. (laughs) I'm not not sensing... uh, I'm not sensing... You feeling the love? I'll I'll roll with it. (laughs) I like it. So fuck you guys. That's all that matters. I guess you don't get to pick your own nickname, so. No, you don't. No. Yeah. So, guys, I got to tell you something. You know, you you guys think that getting a tattoo is expensive, right? I got to tell you, getting a tattoo removed is even more expensive. (laughs) (laughs) And they really suck you into that one. And, of course, what I'm talking about is that align tattoo. Well, hold on, dude. All you have to do is put one of those, like, no smoking signs over it. <laughs> you know, actually, I'm a little sore. Uh, I've been uh, I've been trying the battery acid thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm determined to get these aligned tattoos off my body. And for those of you who think I'm serious, I actually don't have an aligned tattoo anywhere on my body. But yeah, That's what he says on the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Come check him out at our fun fly. You'll see. He does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this week for me, no flying, lots of simming. We're, we're kind of going into a weird weather transition where it seems to be warming up. It's warm, but it's, it's like unseasonably windy. 
you know, we don't usually get wind here, but it's been exceptionally windy pretty much every day. And that being the case, I haven't actually been out to the field. So I had to, again, try to, you know, procure some excuses from uh, Justin's Rolodex. And again, he denied me. Yeah. Okay. So what kind of wind are we talking here, man? 20, 25 mile an hour. That's good enough for me. And That's good yeah. enough. It gusty, gets old. Gusty. And it does get cold. I mean, it's not, it's when I say warm, I'm talking 35. Right. Above freezing. I mean, um, 35 with that wind, dude. Oh, that would be rough. Get me dude. out of the house. Yeah. I don't even enjoy the wind when it's hot and windy, but because we don't really get wind here. I know the guys in Wyoming are rolling their eyes right now going, pussies, I swear to God. 30, what are you talking about, 35-mile-an-hour wind, man? So you're not used to flying in wind? No, I don't. we don't really get wind here. We're actually in the summertime very spoiled because hot for us is mid-90s, and that's boiling hot. And um, generally, there's if we get a breeze, it's like from 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock and 5, maybe 10. That's it. So, yeah, none of that. Just working on, uh, you know, trying to trying to get s- stuff together for the fun fly. Really excited about that. You know, we didn't mention it right at the beginning, but today's the day. Somebody is walking away from this episode with a brand new Warp 360. How cool is that? Dude, yeah, it's awesome. awesome. And before the indestructible we indestructible little 450. <laughs> yeah, I've been testing. <laughs> before we go into that though. <laughs> Thoroughly tested. Yeah. Before we go in, into who that is, I, I just want to say I am I'm very impressed with the involvement because this was kind of people had to put a lot of thought into this and work, you know, cuz you had to kind of brush up on Photoshop skills if you didn't have it or, you know, come up with some crazy imaginative idea. I actually think some people use scissors and Elmer's glue. <laughs> and then took a picture <laughs> of it. Took a picture of it. Read it through a scanner or something. Yeah, went to Kinko's. <laughs> Made a flyer the traditional way. Uh, no, but it's it was really cool to see uh, the level of involvement that we had with that. And um, I can't wait to let you guys in on who won that because man, there were some really, really good entries and I'm not going to lie. You guys did not make it easy on us uh, as far as choosing the winner. So that's about all I've been up to dudes. Kind of boring. I need to, man, I'm dying to get some flying in some real flying. You know what I mean? Burn some nitro. And I'll, we'll talk about, we'll talk about this a little bit later in the show, but I've kind of got a funk. All's, you know, my main helicopters are aligned, and we'll talk about that later in the show. But I'm in this funk over this whole thing, and it's kind of a puts me in a bad place. It's a bad, a, bad place. You got a busted jagger. I do, man. It's, it just sucks. <laughs> it just sucks. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll, like I said, we'll get into it. So maybe it's time we get into some news. What do you think? News. Somewhere on the other side of town lies a helicopter, broken, bent, and clinging to life. How it got there is a mystery. Was it a lockout 
are just dumb thumbs. One thing we do know, though, is the only chance it has for the right parts to bring it back to life, Helipros.com. So this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do you got going on, sickly Nick? All right, so Savix is, uh, has released a new motor, the BSM 6364-380KV motor. It's for 770 to 800 size helis, the big boys. We're going to start seeing a lot more of these motors come out on the market uh, now that there's beginning to get more 800-class helicopters out there. So 380KV, super low. This this is a Chachanga motor. We put that in this class, all right? <laughs> 760 grams. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, man. That's, that's, I mean, we're, we're creeping on two pounds. That's getting up there. Yeah. Uh, big old sucker. Yeah, 90, 95 amp, max current, 4,200 watts continuous, 3 to 14 S LiPo. So we're going to start 4,200 watts? That's it? Yeah, continuous. That's- yeah. Yeah, huh. they don't give out their like peak. Okay. Yeah. So, um, can I send this into a line for a discount on an MX eight <laughs> hundred? The eight hundred MX. I don't know. Uh, no, actually, you can't. Oh. Because it's not black and gold. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. 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 Anyway, well, just thought I'd throw that know. in there. Got to get yeah. my pokes where I can, yo. Yeah, we know. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, um, just, so, just looking at that picture, you can see that is a pretty good-sized motor. It's a freaking tuna can, dude. Yeah, that's a big one. Can I run my washer with it? You easily yeah. could. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you could. You could run the washer and the dryer. <laughs> yeah, you can get a belt system going and run. Yeah. Run two washers. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. Nice. So uh, Revo Electric, which is PowerLap Chargers, put out a video of basically kind of walking through their factory on on how these cell pro chargers are put together really really cool video i had they got some high-tech stuff dude i i i mean i'll be honest i thought it was just some people sitting there soldering some stuff together but this is uh this is really cool and and i had no idea how like how thorough they are throughout this uh, with testing, like there's numerous different stations for voltage calibration, and they test them, and then they actually take every single charger and put it on a lipo battery. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, that that's it's it's really neat. So if you're ever curious about how some of this stuff gets made, definitely check that one out. Bert and Kyle did a video on the Goblin 500. Um, I guess, and I haven't really, uh, I'm not completely up on this, but it's got a fiberglass boom instead of the carbon fiber. So they did a little mm-hmm. video talking about that and with a flight thing playing in the ditch. It, it does seem like a little ripper. I mean, there's no question. And uh, those should be, we should really start like hearing about them more, seeing crashes more uh, to find out, you know, is it all that it was cracked up to be or not? Nice. So, 
for that fiberglass boom, are they just showing that off? Is that a stock feature? Or is that an up? Or well, I guess what? How? Where does that affect the Goblin Five Hundred? You know, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know if that's going to be. It, I don't think it would really be an upgrade. Although, if you could get away with fiberglass, and mm-hmm. you know, the weight wasn't a wasn't a total killer for the model, yeah. it should bring the boom cost down significantly. It, yeah, exactly. It would be a yeah, which like has kind of been cheaper. Yeah, and that that would be a big complaint. I mean, I know you know I know from the full size goblin, you you break a boom, oh, you're don't. hurting. You'll know. Just wait. Give it a couple weeks. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> You'll find Guaranteed. out. And, and from the get-go, that thing's expensive. Yes. Yeah. And so they, they do definitely need some uh, some help where they can. Yeah. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we had talked about uh, the Raptor E820. Um, they've, they've got more information out on it now with some specs. Um, so they... They just they they really went through this, and it's it's not just a kind of a bigger version of the 720. They did a lot of really cool, you know, extra things like, dude, eight millimeter torque tube drive system. That's wow, that's beefy, wow. dude. That's really really big. Yeah, and the quick release battery tray on it, you know, can hold two seven cell lipos. That's not a small setup. So I mean, it's definitely it's not a stretch. No, a stretch seven hundred. It is a an eight hundred. Yes, it is a true eight hundred. I mean, you're talking. Let's see, two millimeter. Air, they they're claiming aerospace grade carbon side frames, and by all means, the cost. You know, I haven't seen the cost <laughs> of this one yet, but everything else would suggest they're not lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So no, it's. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a really solid model. You know, you're looking at around 400 kV. They're going for, you know, for the motor. It it should be cool. And God, thank you, Jesus. It doesn't have (laughs) that ducted fan, scuppy, like double chin nose on the front of it. Yeah, dude, the canopy actually looks pretty sweet. It looks really nice. Like, it does. This is the first Thunder Tiger. Truthfully, this is the first Thunder Tiger I've looked at and went, hey, now that's a really sweet-looking heli. And it's interesting that they decided to go with the uh, tail servo on the boom. Yeah, I thought that was, I mean, it's like, it kind of makes you wonder, is it Thunder Tiger? They just got to leave a little bit of old school in there. Well, you know, I I think by removing the tail servo, they probably can shorten up the length of the frames and lighten the whole thing a bit. That would be my first thought. Very true. Mm -hmm. Very true. Especially, I mean, maybe the way that the batteries load, they don't have like a ton of CG adjustment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because of how they're stacked like that. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like they're stacked. They're not a stick pack arrangement. I mean, there's no question that it's a, a simpler setup. You know, you've got less moving parts. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, should be pretty sweet. Um, MS Composite, I don't know if you guys remember them from back in the day, but they have recently released a new line of blades. So they're they're coming back into the blade world. And they're, this is their Rapid Blade series. Um, they've got a whole ton of sizes out. I mean, just a whole ton. They look to be, so let's see, we'll take a look at like the 690 fly barless blades. 
uh, 64 millimeter cord, so they're going to be a wider cord blade. 185 on the weight, which is a. It sounds to me like it's going to be a fairly aggressive, wider cord, aggressive. Yeah, blade. that's pretty light. Yeah, it is. They've got a pretty squared off tip, so I expect them to be quite bitey. I mean, if they're light and generally a sharper tip out at the edge, they're going to be loud and they're going to be bitey. Mm-hmm. They'll be barkers for sure. Um, but uh, it's nice to see that they're coming out with, you know, it's just such a large size-wise. They're all the way up, all the way down in sizes, fly barless and non-fly barless versions. So, that you know, MS used to be really big back in the day. I, I wish them the best of luck. It'll be, it'll be kind of neat to see if we can't get our get our hands on a set of these and test them out and just kind of compare them. Let me ask yeah, you a question the, before you move on. Yeah. You mentioned the the barky because of the the way the the tip of the blade's designed. Does that make mm-hmm. it less efficient? I, Justin, you <laughs> let's ask the aerospace guy. The yeah, the tip shape is the tip shape in big helicopters, they tend to sweep it back or reduce the cord because it reduces stress, because it lowers the the speed of the air going over the blade, mm-hmm. um, and because it does improve efficiency. Railblades uses technology similar to the big guys. He's actually got a pretty aggressively swept tip. A rotor tech. So it keeps things poppy, but uh, it's not as boggy. Uh, they don't they don't fly as uh, sort of overloaded as some of the bigger wide cord blades do. Right. So let me ask you this. Just for the sake of wanting blades that are loud, am I going to lose out on that? Like, I think it'd be kind of fun for me personally to have a set of blades that are exceptionally loud just so I can freak the plankers out. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. go for as straight a tip as possible so and like an wide edge. cord. Yeah. An edge blade. Edge, Maverick, yeah. uh, what else? Yeah, I don't think the Mavericks are. I say edge. The edge SEs are really loud. That's true. You're right. Uh, the No, Radix is, again. I, yeah, Radixes are pretty tip. quiet. Yeah, they're yeah. not too bad. You can get them to bark. I actually, I I don't, I wouldn't say that there, while there are, you know, efficiency losses, I don't think that it's anything significant or anything noticeable for me what you really notice is the bite just the overall bite on the blade like i actually prefer um a pretty bitey wide cord on the nitro but i don't care for it on the electric because the electric has just so much more power right that it, it it's it feels just like just like colin was talking about I mean, that was really funny to hear him talk about the comfort level on the nitro because we've talked about that before. The power delivery, mm-hmm. the way that it delivers power, I, I like that. Um, uh, a less aggressive, like uh, like I'm, you know, on my uh, on the Goblin right now. There's rail blades with that little less aggressive tip on there. It just kind of takes that edge off, and I, I really like that on the electrics. And of course, uh, Nick is referring to the. Colin Bell interview, which you haven't heard yet. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> but will later in this episode. So all Sorry. <laughs> all right. So last item for me on the news here is the uh, Nova Rossi. You remember those guys? I do. Big time. I've got a Nova Rossi. What? I do. I've got really? a 57. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Huh. I, I don't play. 
This ain't a game for me, yo. My God. Seriously. Are we go are we really going there? <laughs> I, I went eighties on you there. No, I do. I have right. a Novorossi fifty seven. I had no idea. Yeah. Is that your renegade side? That is my renegade side. See, here's the reason <laughs> I have that. Because, see, I used to run cars back in the day. And Novorossi was a big car motor. Back, you know, everyone, I mean, that was like, the. it was like a hot-rodded motor that you could get for your RC cars. So I was like, I got to try that. I don't fly it because <laughs> it's a bitch. And, and how'd that work for you? Not real well. It's really hard to tune. It's very finicky. Yeah, that's the biggest complaint I've heard about them in the past is that they're really tricky to tune. You gotta have you've gotta use the Novorossi pipe that comes with it. You have no choice. Really? Yeah. I've heard that when they're on, they're on. Yeah. I suppose. I didn't just give it enough time. It's sitting nicely in a perch spot in my trailer. Wow. Well, well so what are they up to one. this time? They've got a new ninety one called the Icarus. Oh. The yep. Icarus? The Icarus. Isn't that like a Greek god or something? Yeah, he's the I dude do. with the wax wings that flew too close to the sun and they melted and he died. Oh, well, that's... that's. Uh... Hopefully fate is not the same <laughs> I was for this say. Yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you one thing about those. They are ugly motors. See, this one looks awesome. Like, it's... This one looks freaking sweet. They did a really cool kind of black and and polished deal on the on the main crankcase on it you know typical Novorossi purple head um they it, from all the little things that i'm seeing here they put a lot of thought into it it's got like eight ports on the sleeve there's eight ports total wow wow <laughs> yeah so they're going for all sorts of crazy effects you know and it's does it know. come I with mean, its own pipe, Nick? Um, I don't think as of right now. I mean, they just got this this released. Uh, they did not list. They did not list a horsepower rating on it, which I'm a little bummed about. It's it looks to be a pretty long stroke motor because we're talking max max power is at fifteen thousand RPM. Huh. Oh wow, hmm. that's even um, that's the YS is is a long stroke and it's max powers at what 16 or 17 i think about 16 but then again it does say practical ranges up to 17 17,500 okay so yeah. as long as it's torquey and it can hold it then that's fine you know that's kind of my only would be my only complaint about ys is that you have to watch over revenant which this might have just a little bit more you know a little, little more leeway on the top this I find is really interesting. The fuel type, they're recommending 10 to 20% nitro. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Which, I mean, I've never heard of a regular 90. I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a quote-unquote recommendation. Kind of like, you know, how like in the manuals for the, for the OS motors and even for the YS, they give you, well, you should... Um, you should add this shim if you're going to run 30%, and no mm -hmm. one does. <laughs> mm -hmm. No one does. We just crank them up and run them hard. Maybe that's what it is, but it, it did kind of catch my eye. So we'll see how it goes. And that 
That's all I got, unless anybody else has something. I've got something. All right, so... What what do you got for me? Dan, (laughs) we know how you love quads, right? (laughs) To death, literally. (laughs) Okay, so what would you say if I told you you could get a micro mini quad, okay, that you can launch from the palm of your hand, and it doesn't require a controller... A transmitter because you tell it what to do with your voice. Not interested. All right. I got nothing then. <laughs> I got no. <laughs> well, you really squashed that one. <laughs> okay. So, meanwhile, back on the ranch, so, I'm so, a nerd, so, so I am interested. Tell me, t- dude, if you're interested in it, I'm interested in it. Oh, really, dude? See how that works? Such a that lie. Is so nice. No, it got really weird in here. <laughs> there will be silence and it will get awkward <laughs> so this this little dude is it's it's pretty impressive now i you know here's the here's the disclaimer it's not clear to me whether this thing is actually going to i mean they're actually going to sell it i think they're still working on it but there's a company out of san francisco called always innovating and they have come up with this micro quad rotor uav called the me cam and basically they have set this thing up so that you can launch it out of your hand it's literally about the size of the palm of your hand so i'd say like four or five inches uh, across rotor to rotor and the airframe itself is made out of a, a standard pcb a circuit board so it's all uh it's all integrated into uh the uh, electronics itself and what it does is it it's controlled with your voice. It allows you to video yourself or your scenery, whatever, with an onboard camera. It follows you and avoids obstacles. And wow. it's only 50 bucks. That's the crazy thing to me. So, I, you know, I don't know whether they're actually going to be releasing this anytime soon. Like I said, I still think it's in prototyping phase, but it looks pretty darn impressive. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. You need you need no wow. comments from the peanut gallery. Eh, it's, it's <laughs> you know. Sorry, it's dude. It's a quad. Sorry, dude. If it flies itself and follows you around, and has no transmitter. What? What? That means what's Justin. The- I don't think you could crash it. And- oh, <laughs> oh man. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. You should get one, dude. I don't know, man. If I start dropping F-bombs at it. (laughs) Probably flip over and die. Overload. Okay, Dan, if the same technology existed in a pod and boom, would you be interested? No, dude. What's the point of that? The point is because they can. Well, yeah, but, you know. There's lots of things I can do that I'd just choose not to. All right. Well, <laughs> does anyone uh, else have a submission to uh, <laughs> episode on, 72? I think, I think I might have something. You just, uh, <laughs> flop news. Wow, dude. Sorry. I didn't mean to rain on your That brain. was the most awkward bit of news I think I've ever heard. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Like farting in church. <laughs> I mean, dude, look, I'm excited for you because you're excited about it. how's that sound 
it, it's okay i i've dealt with it my entire life man you don't have <laughs> yeah. to explain oh that's funny as shit dude i watched a show the other day uh i was going through on demand and i saw the show called king of the nerds mm-hmm. you saw maybe the previews i don't know on tbs i've seen yeah I've and i thought seen. to myself how can this show go how can this show be in existence if justin isn't there how can they make a show called King of the Nerds and not have Justin there? There are some wouldn't... really creepy ass people on Dude, that but show. There's like, <laughs> there's like planetary physicists from NASA and, and you know, crazy engineers from MIT and blah, blah, blah. I thought, wow, Justin totally fit in there. Yeah. <laughs> but it is what it is. I and I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, you've got some uh, news? Um, I, a little bit. I got. Some are, you, are you nervous about telling me the news? Or? No, you should be. <laughs> you may have me. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'll feel it out a little bit and uh, maybe cut it a little short. We'll see. Is the teleprompter working? <laughs> no. So it looks like VBar has released a new license manager for their VBar systems. So basically what this means for everyone is to update your V-bars, you're going to have to go to the Mikado site, uh, register with the site, and enter your serial number in and get your V-bar all registered up and linked up basically with your account. And then when you want to upgrade your V-bar, it has to basically check the serial number, say, yes, this V-bar is registered to you, and then it'll let you upgrade the software on the V-bar. So a little bit longer of a process, but I think their motive behind this is just kind of, kind of locking down their software. And, are know, they like, make, are they like hiding Al Qaeda secrets or something, or like national security I, issues there? Or? That that wasn't in the link that I read. So <laughs> I, I really no, I can't comment on that. <laughs> well, Justin and I were talking. Justin, you know, you are far more educated on the subject, so I'll let you run with it. But about this whole patent thing, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that was an interesting conversation today. You know, I, I was poking around Facebook like I usually do, and I happened upon a conversation about Mikado patenting flybarless systems. And so I did a little bit of research and sure enough, found a whole load of patents in the U.S., Europe, over all over the world uh, for what amounts to a a uh, helicopter, a three-axis helicopter gyro-stabilized system. Uh, and it, it's submitted to the patent office by Ulrich, who I believe is the owner of Mikado. I, I can never remember his exact position. But, uh, yeah, and, and I found that sort of interesting. It wasn't clear to me whether the patent was active or it was just a claim and they were still reviewing it. It seems an interesting approach to the whole thing. So, you know, what happens if they actually patent a flybarless system in the heli industry? I think what that means is that if the claim goes through and is accepted, then all the other companies that have technology that is deemed sufficiently similar to the Mikado claim either owe Mikado royalties or need to stop selling the stuff altogether. So, you know, I it threw me for a loop a little bit. I mean, I guess it makes sense from a business perspective, but 
maybe this software thing is another step in that direction towards well, sort of safeguarding what they have. The the patent they it wasn't recently that they filed it, right? No, it was a couple of years ago, but again, I mean and that's why I said I only had a few minutes to look into it. I don't know all the details or whether it's been accepted and it's it's active. But patents can take a couple to several years to get through, uh, depending on the situation. So it's not surprising to me that a submittal in 2010 or 11 may not have gone through completely yet. I don't know, guys. It stinks to me. It does. And that's coming from an uneducated viewpoint because I have no clue. But it just, it's one more thing. I, I just, I can't imagine this being a win situation for any company that would try to shut down operations of any other fly barless manufacturer. I just, I can't see that being a win for anybody. No. I don't know if that's what they're trying to do. Uh, but you know, you can kiss the lower prices goodbye if all of a sudden people have to start paying uh, royalties. You know what I mean? Because who who's gonna? Where you, the companies aren't gonna absorb that cost. We as end users, we're foot we're gonna foot that bill. Do you think that they really believe, like genuinely think? Well, if we get this, then we'll have control. Because I. I mean, dude, if I knew that one company did that and hosed over all the rest of the guys out there, guess which would be the last fly barless system that I would support? I know exa- exactly. God, what is going on in this hobby? Guys? Well, and and yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I would caution us and the listeners to make sure that, you know, it's the story's not clear. It was yeah. just something that I saw and I saw a couple of people chatting about and looked into it. So I don't want I don't want to start a whole bunch of drama about Mikado here without all of the facts. Right. And that's but, true. Yeah. It just sucks. It, it, you know, it's just another negative. It's fishy. Yeah, it just sucks. Anyway. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, in in Mikado's case, just like any other company, they've got the right to protect their intellectual property, and what it comes down to is what they want to do with it. I mean, do they want, you know, it takes a it takes a lawyer, with, and lawyers aren't expensive to go and extract royalties out of all of those other companies or to issue cease and desists to all of those other companies. So, you know, Maybe they're doing it just to lock it in as intellectual property of Mikado, and they're not trying to bring people down. That could be. That could be. So no rush to judgment, I guess. It just, it just, it just, it just doesn't feel right to me, and that's all I'm saying. You know what I mean? Right. Without knowing the yeah. facts, and you know, and and maybe my opinion is a little skewed right now because of the recent events that have been going on, but it just feels negative and i don't i don't like it i don't like the feel of it it's very very subjective at this point but what can i say i'll tell you what though dude we should file a patent on Uh, awesomeness (laughs) because we got it in truckloads here right (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) Sorry, that was sort of a Can we charge shameless royalties? act of self promotion. 
I had no part in this. Can we charge royalties yeah. on that? Uh, that that could that could really work in our favor. We could get to a lot of events. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Ay, ay, ay. Nick is Nick is pleading the fifth on this one. He's not. He's not. He, yeah, I'm so staying out. <laughs> yeah. Is that it for news, boys? I think that's it. I think, I think so. All righty, guys. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. And you know what, Nick? If I puff one more set of lipos, I think I'm going to go insane. Dude, well, you're telling me that you're not running Gen Z's packs? Ever since I started running them, man, I'm getting over 200 cycles on these sets of packs. If you're still puffing them, you need to get up to speed. I think I'm going to go check those out and get myself a set right now. You heard it here, folks. Gen Z's packs, Nick's mushroom stamp of approval. Find them at hobbyparts.com. So I got some exciting news, guys. Guess who stopped by to chat with us for a little while? I think I know. Do you know? I I wonder who. I think someone gave it away a little bit ago. I think the listeners know, too. Oops. I'm going to pretend like they don't know. Um, (laughs) We had the pleasure of Colin Bell, a line pilot, give us a call, and we chatted with him for a little while. So we're going to go ahead and play that interview. And uh, we'll be right back after this. So, guys, we have with us Colin Bell. You guys remember, he's, he's been on the show before. It's been a long time. Colin, what's going on? Not much, man. How you doing? So, you were on last year, and at the time, you were just, I think you had just made the switch. I believe it was from Thunder Tiger to Align. Yep. How's that been going for you? You enjoying Align? Very good, yeah. The support's fantastic. Um, I'm with the same group of guys, majority of the same group of guys anyway, that I was with Thunder Tiger, so uh, it's not too far from home for me. Yeah, I remember you talking about that, but before we get too far into that, let's talk a little bit about how you got your start. I know we, we kind of talked about this last time you were on, but we've gained quite a few new listeners since then. Yeah, absolutely. So- uh, I started into the hobby with airplanes when I was like six or seven um, I've been going up to the field with my dad since I was a little kid, like two or three. Um, he got me an airplane, like I said, six or seven. I learned on a glider, uh, went through up to a trainer, 40 size airplanes. And uh, when I was in grade six as a grading present, so I was 11 years old, he got me a shuttle ZXX. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got into it. And uh, it kind of just snowballed from there. Our first big fun fly. Um, in Canada was in 2000 and Scott Gray came up and at the time we had like just gotten high speed internet. So I wasn't even aware that helicopter could do half the 3d stuff that I had seen Scott do. And at that point I had just realized that that's what in the hobby I wanted to do. I wanted to fly helicopters 3d and I had no idea where it would take me. And, uh, here we are today doing this. So you started off as a damn dirty planker is what you're telling me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so wait a minute. Yeah. How old were you? Okay, so how old were you when uh, high-speed internet came, became available? I just need to reference here. When, <laughs> when it was available in my area, um, we got it a little bit late. I was probably like 10 years old when it started getting popular. Wow. God, that makes me feel old, dude. All right, so how old are you then, Colin? 
I'm 24. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Check this out. I remember when we got our first microwave. Oh yeah, that's, that's how old I am. I mean, it was color TV. I I remember oh, how about this color not so much TV. color, but remote. I was like I was like twelve when we got our first remote remote control TV. I don't even know how to make supper without a microwave. How did you survive? <laughs> the old fashioned way, man. My mom did it for us. <laughs> 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 so that's cool. So you're you're a youngster, and uh, when you're not flying, you're actually working on full scale, aren't you? You're a airframe or power plant technician, aren't you? Yeah, I graduated from college two years ago, and uh, I'm pretty close to getting my license now. So I've been in the industry uh, for just under two years, and right now I work at Jazz Aviation, working on Dash Apes and CRJs. Wow! So tell me that you're so from- back, back to planks again. Back to those, and you still fl- don't 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 kid yourself. I know you fly big planks. You fly those big uh, old gassers. I've got a. A thirty percent extra three hundred, and I'm working on right now. I got actually I traded one of my old helicopters uh, for a buddy's old BPM Viper jet. You traded a helicopter for a for a plank. Well, it was an old Raptor. <sighs> I just, that's just okay then, dude. That's okay. Then he still got a good yeah. deal. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> no, that's all right. I'll forgive you. I'll, I'll let it go this time. It's gonna be fast if that makes it any better. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it's like i was watching i was watching and you've probably wa- seen these guys and and i'm gonna get a lot of shit for this but those pylon racer guys they they do fly their planes fast and you've seen them fly i'm sure colin you've seen them yeah but, but it's, it's absolutely boring i'd rather I, watch <laughs> let's go so there it is turning left oh yeah. look at that he's turning left again oh, there's another what? left turn sounds How like badass. nascar how badass is it when they crash going that fast? You know, it's. I was uh, the one time I got to really watch one. I there was up, there was no crashes that day. It was. I don't know. Probably wasn't the racing. Probably wasn't all that spectacular because it was. It was at a local club up here, and I think they were all just kind of just starting to get into it. But they, I got to admit, they're fast as hell. They are fast. They're yeah, annoying oh yeah. sounding cool. though. They're scary because they're turning those bank turns kind of back towards the the pits, and it's like it's moving so fast. You're a long ways away, but it's moving so yeah, fast, okay. you kind of start to cringe a little bit. Getting which way am I going to have to dive here? But anyway, I know, and you're gonna have to fast. Enough about those damn dirty planks. So you're 24 years old, and yep. uh, I you last I talked to you, you had just put out some videos with the 3G. You just started with a line again and you're still flying the 3gx obviously it's an aligned product yep and you're enjoying it i am yep i fly actually i i fly both the 3gx and the Futaba 750 um depending on what event i'm at uh, usually for contests i use the 750 right now anyway but mm-hmm. uh they just they just recently had a firmware update for the 3gx didn't they yes 3.0 is the latest and uh, it's actually a significant upgrade from the uh, the last firmware. I know when it first came out and it was first packaged with the kits, it uh, it had a little bit of a negative impact on the the feel for the kit. Mm-hmm. But I think that users that upgrade to 3.0 will be pleasantly surprised with how much better it's gotten. We were over in Taiwan in August at the Fun Fly, and we spent about a week beforehand working with Peer, the the software writer, the firmware writer for the 3GX. And uh, we got it quite a bit better. And then when Jamie joined the team, he went over and uh, with his fly barless expertise and experience, he managed to get it even a little bit better yet. 
So right now we're on that version, and uh, I've got nothing but good things to say about it. So you guys, are all you guys like involved in, in that process? I mean, obviously they're looking for feedback from you when you take these units home and, and fly them. Mm-hmm. How involved yeah, are you with how far how yeah how involved with you are are are, are you with that process? Um, I mean, it's like anything in any type of sport. Uh, usually, the guys that are designing the stuff are guys that used to compete and are no longer at that level, or have a really good understanding on how stuff works mechanically and electronically, but can't fly well enough to really um, get the product where it needs to go. So they rely on our feedback, which is either if we're there in Taiwan or they're at a fun fly, we can do it in person. But uh, nine times out of ten, for me anyway, it's just through email. So they'll send a file, and then they'll ask for like a page-long email um, with all of the things that I liked about it and all of the things that I disliked about it, where I think they could improve, and not necessarily how he can improve it in the software, but how I feel he'd be able to improve it to make it feel better and change the flight characteristics of it. So with that info, he goes and writes another program and then sends it off to all of us. So keeping in mind that there's feedback from four or five different people coming to him, he can you know, piece together what is a common problem and what might be related to a guy's particular setup. So Colin, how, you know, how difficult is that initially? Because what you basically just said there was you've got this guy that's working the firmware, the software, maybe he's flown before, maybe not, but he doesn't have the the skills that you and your your fellow team pilots have so you're you're probably talking to him in terms of this is how i want the heli to feel not this is the specific thing in the software that i want you to change is there Uh, you know is there ever an issue with that communication where you guys are just talking completely different languages yeah definitely i mean he's all ones and zeros in front of a computer um and there's times where we'll have to take a video um, you know, do a stick movement and take a video and show what the helicopter does and then fly it again and maybe do the stick movement a little bit differently to get the helicopter to respond how I wanted it to and say, here are the two differences. Here's what it's doing and here's what I'd like it to do. And then with that, he can write a piece of firmware that would fix that issue. Okay. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. When you guys are, you know, sending information back and forth, and you're trying to develop this system to fly at a level that you fly at or other professionals fly at. Mm-hmm. Is it just an assumption that, because, you know, when you, when you, when you uh, consider it, you know, 85, 90% of the hobby out there can't even come close to flying at your guys' level. Right. Is it just an assumption that if it's flying good for you guys, that those, that other 80% are, it's going to be just fine for them? Or is there some kind of thought put into, how do we make this usable for that 80% or so that that don't need to worry about that perfection? Right. Generally, it starts out with once we're happy with it, we can say, yeah, we're, we're 99% happy with it. That one flaw that we see, most people are never even going to notice. But we also work backwards and say, well, we, we've got it set up with limits that are probably way more extreme than a lot of people are going to want to use. So maybe by backing all that stuff off and slowing everything down, it'll allow the system to get rid of some of the issues that we see. So uh, by having different levels, and you'll see in the 3GX uh, firmware, and actually with a lot of fly systems, you've got different levels of sensitivity or, uh, 
or extremists, I guess, if you want to call it, but there's like a beginner and intermediate and expert and a 3D setting for all these different fly wireless units that allows you a very good benchmark. So you can try each one to, to see where you want the helicopter to be, how you want it to fly, how you'd like it to respond to your stick inputs, and then with the software, fine-tune it exactly how you want. But uh, like you're saying, for 90% of the people, you could stick it on the intermediate setting, and it would be exactly, I shouldn't say exactly how you want it, but at least very acceptable. Do you guys also give feedback on, you know, possible design changes in the helicopter themselves, or does one or two people handle that? Uh, no, it's definitely a group effort. Um, sometimes an idea will be from one person, and then it, it gets down to the factory, and they'll send out an email or, or give people a call and see what everyone thinks about it. Um, one person may, may uh, develop or give the most input on a certain product or a certain part of the helicopter, and then they'll design it or uh, or produce it i should say and then send it out to everyone and get feedback on it and then the general consensus will be yes let's do this or no we tried and it didn't work we'll move on to something else so uh it, it can be either from the factory down to us saying we'd like to do this can you guys try this or from us back to the factory doing the same thing so uh here, here's the deal man you got to let us know when is a line yep. going to put out a 500 nitro a 500 nitro. I honestly don't know. Really? Um, yeah, seriously. Uh, majority of like all the marketing and uh, the models that they plan to come out with, all that stuff is is totally beyond me. Um, Jeff Fassbinder, the marketing manager, he's based out of California, deals with all that stuff. So he'll he'll make the call on what he wants to come out with or what he thinks is feasible for the company to come out with next. Um, and then after that, he would move that forward with uh, the design team and then it would come down to us for testing so you guys are going to let Gowie kind of just dominate that 500 nitro market huh i'm honestly not sure i i can't <laughs> really say how good or how bad the helicopter is doing um up here in canada where i'm at right now especially in the winter time the hobby's kind of dormant so uh i don't get to see a lot of stuff but yeah down in the states it looks like it's doing pretty good i don't know if uh if it's doing better than 30 size nitro stuff used to be. I mean, the helicopter is obviously significantly better than what uh, sure. the 30s of nitro were like the Raptor 30 V2. Uh, so I, I don't know where it's going to go. I definitely like to see nitro continue to maintain its popularity in the hobby for sure. All right. Let's get your thought on a few. There, there's a, there's a trend. Uh, it's kind of seeming that a lot of the, a lot of the guys, a lot of the bigger name guys, I, I don't know if this is true for competition, but you st you're, we're starting to see some guys kind of crank the head speed down. You know, not not running at such extreme head speeds. Are are you kind of is that something that you enjoy? Do you like to fly at a lower head speed? Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily head speed, but I think in the last couple of years, Flybarless has given everyone the opportunity to have a helicopter set up way too extreme for them, and that goes for all the contest pilots as well. Um, up actually until. Toward the end of the season, my helicopters were set up really, really fast. Um, and after flying Jamie's helicopter, um, I flew Bobby's Gowie X. Is it the 5, the Nitro, the X5? I can't even remember what it is. Uh, but uh, I, flying a lot of other people's yeah. helicopters, I've noticed that they were set up not significantly slower, but a noticeable amount slower than what I had mine set up, um, which allows you to fly through maneuvers a lot smoother. Your mistakes aren't shown as easy. I think the trend of flying is going away from smack and more toward the big open technical stuff. So I think probably on the competition side of things, you may see everyone drop their head speed a little bit to get some longer flight times where they're not going to need it for all 
the, the crazy two inch off the ground uh, smack stuff. Right. So be, between, yeah, slowing the machine down a little bit so you can keep up with it at those high air speeds and maybe lowering the head speed to get longer flight times, definitely. Um, especially where some people are going to larger helicopters and flight times are a big issue for contests. Um, we're still using. Alliance still using the 700 size. That's what we'll be competing with this year. So flight times aren't going to be an issue. But for those running bigger stuff, 720s, 800s, I think they're forced to run a slower head speed to make the three and four minute mark. So you said something last time you were on the show that that I've quoted many times throughout the year. And um, okay, you said you said if you really want to separate the men from the boys, so to speak at a competition, you would give everybody a 60 size nitro and see what they can do. Yes. That'd be awesome. I'd love to do that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and I kind of think, you know, with the, this trend we're seeing, whether you're talking about slowing the machine down, you know, not, not worrying about getting 23, 2400. And in some cases we're aware of 2600 on a 700. <laughs> um, you know, it, it, we're, you're starting to see guys, really exhibit absolute control and smoothness. And I, I just think that that was such a cool statement because, you know, you've, if you're going to really smack a 60-size nitro down, you know, you really got to have some really good control over collective management. Definitely. And I, I also think it's easier for your brain to keep up with it. Even to this day, I still find it easier for me um, to fly a nitro-size or a nitro-700 than it is for me to fly the electric because I can still really easily get ahead of myself with the electric. Like one tiny little mistake and it's in the dirt where the nitro is, it's not so much slower, but it's slower by a large enough margin that you've got time to think when you make a mistake that you can save it most of the time. So I think that might be part of it too. Um, it shows, it definitely shows that you've got more control. It allows you more time to think and the way the flying style is going, you don't need that crazy high head speed anymore. Especially with, uh, motors getting more powerful and batteries and airframes getting lighter. Right. You know, that's an interesting point you make because you're saying it's going more towards the point where you don't need that additional head speed, but yet every time there's a new power system that's released, it seems like they're pushing the limits even further in terms of, you know, total continuous power or peak power. I mean, we've got now, you know, 10 or 11 kilowatt motors. Um mm-hmm. You think we're going to see that turn around, Colin, eventually? Or is it still uh, enough of a wow factor to the general consumer that it's it's more of a marketing tactic? I, I think it's more of a marketing tactic. Um, you, can, you can put tons of power behind stuff, but if you don't know how to use it, then it's completely useless. I mean, even to the point where I think the top three guys in the world are are not able to handle the power that we're capable of putting behind the helicopters now. It's just so ridiculous that you'd never, I don't understand. And maybe, maybe it's me in my, I laugh, but I say in my old age because I'm competing with guys that are like six, (laughs) five years younger than I am. Right. But, uh, like it's, it's ridiculous. I can't even think of like growing up a video game or anything where you've had to have reflexes quick enough to be able to handle that. In my, I kind of think I've, this development of these these incredibly powerful power systems, I think it's just kind of that natural evolution of going bigger and, you know, working into these 800-size machines and developing the powertrains to handle those big machines. 
definitely. I don't do ele- I don't really do electric, so you know, nitro's kind of been my thing, and um, I don't I don't really focus too much on that crazy power. I, I have a hard time mm. flying my nitro well enough. I don't need all that. I'd kill myself with it. Is what it, what would happen? Yeah. You fly electric when you're when you're competing. Yes, uh, I'd like to fly nitro still, but you just you can't compete. Not with the guys flying electric stuff. Isn't that isn't that weird? Because just a few years ago, I can't remember who I had on. I think it might have been Bert Camera or or somebody. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing was, you know, you can't win competitions with electric because the wow factor of the nitro. But that you know, it's lots happened since then. Obviously, you know, yeah. just the bigness of the nitro, the smoke, the sound, the uh, you know, but it's definitely changed. That's for sure. So when you're when you're at home and you're just relaxing and flying, it's it's nitro for you. Yeah, definitely. And I think for people that aren't in the hobby, the nitro is more of a wow factor for sure. Like you're saying, the presence, the sound, the smell, the smoke, the fact that it seems like less of a toy to someone that doesn't know any better. You've got so much more going on in the helicopter that it seems like a a more adult thing, I guess. And uh, then the electric where you look at it and there's like a motor and a couple gears and then batteries that you jam in the bottom of it, plug it in and go play. Yeah, that's a really good point. That is a good point. And I had a very similar experience last summer. I went to a Planker Fun fly just north of me and a guy showed up who I know, much better pilot than I am, flying a 600 and I had my 700 Nitro and he -hmm. he flew and flew really well because he flies really well and then I flew and of course, you know. And when I landed a bunch of people came over to me and said, wow, that was really cool. You know, 700 nitro. It just yeah. felt more impressive to these people who didn't, who had never been around them. Right. It just, yeah, you can hear a nitro for a lot further away. Um, seeing the smoke go through the blades and do the pitch changes is super cool. I, I think it's a little bit more impressive for sure, but back to the contest side of things, it's just, it's too easy to not have to get fuel sent to the event, uh, bring right. a starter and, and fuel equipment. Having said that, you got to bring batteries and a charger. But the other nice thing is that you don't have to tune your motor between rounds. So if I fly once in the morning when it's nice and cool, and then once in the afternoon when it's smoking hot out, I'm not going to have to go 10 minutes before each round and tune a motor. Um, I just plug the battery and go. It's exactly the same. The only thing that might change a little bit is uh, the bike from the blades, but the fly barless systems are getting so good now that you barely even notice that. So how much traveling did you do this past year, Colin? You, I know you were, you were, you went to Orlando, didn't you? Yep. Uh, I was in, that was the last one I was at, I think. Yeah. Uh, I did XFC, Urcha, Huntsville. I did the Taiwan contest and fun fly, all the local stuff here within like a, a four or five hour driving distance. But, so, uh, that was about it. Work had kind of put a little bit of a damper on me for flying, but this year, hopefully I'll be back at it heavily again because our schedule is four on five off, five on four off. So during those five days off, um, I picked a schedule that lines up with the most events that I could possibly pick. Very nice. So that'll be good. That I have to take vacation time to do it. I can just do it on my days off. So let's talk a little bit about your the scene up in Canada. I know you're heavily involved with trying to grow the hobby in Canada. And there was an organization I, I read, and it was after you were on the show. I can't remember. You'll have to refresh my memory, but the... You, in conjunction with some other people in Canada, kind of started. Did you start this organization? Uh, I didn't. They had, I don't know what you guys have down with the AMA, but we have a wings program with MAC, which is the equivalent of AMA uh, for the airplane side of things, where you you basically fly with an instructor for so long on the body cord or, or by yourself, I guess. 
but uh, when you get your wings, you have to prove that you're able to start the airplane by yourself, you're safe with it, you can taxi it around, take it off, land it, and just, in general, be safe with the airplane. And there was no guidelines or rules or anything in place for the helicopter side of things. So one of the gentlemen from Quebec, Roger Williams, started a blades program. And it was essentially the same thing that the wings program was for the airplane side of things. It was just a basic set of guidelines that would help people new into the hobby progress to a point where they would be safe and comfortable with the helicopter and then Mac could give them their wings or blades, so to speak, um, and say, here you go. Congratulations. You've done a good job. Um, here's something for it. So it was just, it was, it was something to push modelers to go a little bit further and promote the safety side of things. And, uh, just in general, make more awareness for the helicopters, um, in conjunction with the airplanes through that organization. But it's an optional thing, right, Colin? Or do you need to do that in order to be sort of a registered heli pilot with Mac? No, no, not at all. It's totally optional. You can, uh, anyone can go out on the website just like you can with AMA and sign up and get your number and then you cover it. So for our Canadian listeners, what what is that website? Can you give us that URL? Yep, it is maac.ca. Sounds real good. I think it's, uh, I just did my action in a year. It was like $75 for the year, I think. Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, you know, this past week in the hobby, it's been, there's been a little bit of drama. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, not trying to put you right. on the spot or anything, but of course our listeners are well aware and it's been kind of traveling around uh, the forums quite a bit. And there seems to be a bit of confusion, I guess, as to a promotion that was seemingly made and then apparently not made. And uh, of course we're talking about the Scorpion a line thing where uh, a line was, or somebody was saying, send us your Scorpion motors and we'll send you a MX 800 at a discounted price. Right. Right. And this is, um, this has not been received well in the hobby. There's been some, there's been some, there's been a little bit of back backbiting within the general population. Pooslinging. Mm-hmm, definitely. <laughs> I actually wasn't, uh, I wasn't aware of it when it happened. I just saw the stuff on Facebook. Um, but it, it hasn't been the first time that in this industry it's happened. Futaba did it with Spectrum a couple of years ago. Basically, if you sent in your old Spectrum stuff, they would give you a Futaba radio at discounted cost. So it's definitely not something new. Um, I'm I'm not really part of that whole situation or that, mm. that side of the company. Right. Um, like I say, I wasn't even aware of it until it happened. Um, I'm sure that, that Scorpion will do something in return, like a counter offer if you will but uh as as far as i know i've it is what i see on facebook and on the forums uh, and to be honest i really don't go on the forums a whole lot just because <laughs> of lack of time not, not because of lack of interest um so again it's it's not the first time it's happened i'm sure it won't be the last yeah um is it is it ethical or unethical i don't know i don't know if it's going to work enough for either side but uh but all I can say is all the best to everyone. I I enjoy all aspects of the hobby, and uh, that would that would be a call on on uh, Align and Scorpion's marketing side of things that the pilots on the Align side definitely aren't involved with. I don't know. I would assume the same for the Scorpion side, right? But I don't know where. It's well, going one thing one thing you can say for sure is that both Scorpion and Align got a hell of a lot of uh, advertising over this. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, uh, one way or the other. I mean. 
The, the, yeah, I mean, for better or worse. For better or worse, exactly. I mean, you do, everywhere you went on any resource, uh, helicopter resource, you, you would see something about this happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Do you find that people tend to take that stuff? Like, do you get the bad end of that? You know, being a factory pilot, do people kind of take that out on you or really grill you in person on it or, or feel the need to voice their opinion? No, I generally don't. Um, any of the big events that I'm at, usually I'm with Jeff, who is the marketing manager, or Dino, or any of the guys that are, are more involved with the company outside of the flying aspect, and I can just point that customer into their direction. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we don't have to deal with it. Um, around here locally, no. Um, a lot of the people, like I say, the hobby around here is very small, so I know a lot of the people um, on a one-to-one basis, so they understand that it's not something that I've gone and done personally. Right. It's, it's the company that I happen to work with. Uh, so, I yeah, for the most part, no, not really. Every now and then there might be something like someone will post something on a YouTube video that I've put up or something, and uh, I just kind of ignore it. Yeah, that might have been the best thing to do all the way around, to be honest with you, but what's done is done. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if if I ever get an email or something and someone's asking for help and they're, they're dissatisfied with something that's been done, I'll do my best to answer them on it uh, or forward them on to Jeff. But for the most part, I just try to stay on the side of, of helping guys with their products, uh, beat a line or not, and stay out of the political side of things. Yeah, that's probably a good approach. That's the best way to do it. So I, I've got one more question. You yep. guys are like stacking for the Super Bowl this year. I mean, <laughs> seriously, they are. You, a line is loading up on pilots. Yeah. What is there a specific reason for it? Because it seems like, I mean, uh, right about the time I want to say that you got on there, it just kind of ended up at a lull for a while after that. What's the reason for just all of a sudden this huge surge of new team pilots? I'm honestly not sure. Uh, the only thing that I can see is that in, in this year, 2013, they want to make a very big impression around the world um, and have guys, you know, more than one or two guys at an event doing demos all day long. I think they're at the point now where they can support a larger number of pilots and with the ability to do so, they're going to harness that to promote the product and hopefully make it even bigger and better. Um, and not just saying that for, for like winning competitions and stuff, but also having the expertise of guys that can help develop product and make the helicopter even better than what it is now. Yeah, there's there's no question. There's been some acquisitioning going on over there. <laughs> there I, I know their plan. Their plan is world domination. <laughs> but I've got some bad news. Would it be that bad, though? Yeah. Well, no, I've got some bad news for a line. We're already on that track. RCHN is, so... Yeah. Well, you should team up then. <laughs> they wouldn't. They wouldn't want me anywhere near their marketing end. <laughs> uh, and besides that, I have a feeling that we'd have once we got to the top, someone would end up getting killed because there's only yeah. room for one, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no. On that note, again, I mean, Align has so many products; it's ridiculous. Sometimes it's actually embarrassing because someone will ask me something about a line product that I've got absolutely zero clue about. Um, like a something about a 250 that I've never actually held in my hand or, yeah. or the ability to, to play with it. And stuff changes so fast now that by the time 
you've learned one or remembered numbers or figured stuff out, we're trying to make it the next step better. And then I've got that in my hand and someone's asking about that. So it's sometimes it is difficult to keep up with everything, especially where there's so many different sizes of helicopters and, and uh, so many different sub brands of everything. So now with more pilots, more top pilots involved, uh, hopefully all that stuff can be better rounded. So, you know, that that's that's an interesting point. Uh, you know, you've been on other you've been sponsored by other companies before, obviously, Colin. And, you know, Align is pretty much the largest company in the hobby in terms of airframes. Well, I, I think all around. But how how does it differ? I mean, what are the what are the pros and cons to being associated with a company that big? It sounds like you get to work directly with their R and D guys and you've got an, a, you know, a, a good group of top pilots to give the input. And I'd imagine since they're so large, uh, they've got the backing to turn around design modifications or prototypes quickly. It is, is it that different from other companies or, you know, it's, it's, is it a, the grass isn't really greener sort of a deal? No, it's definitely better in my opinion. Um, they, they obviously got big for a reason because they did stuff the right way. Uh, they're mm-hmm. very receptive to what we have to say. They listen. Um, we listen to them. It's like any business relationship. It's definitely a two way street, but out of all the manufacturers that I've worked with, um, airframe manufacturers anyway, these guys are the easiest to get along with, so to speak. Um, which could be for a number of reasons. One, uh, just personality, the way they are, they're respectful. We're respectful back to them. Um, they've got such a large infrastructure. It's very easy for them to make stuff, whereas a smaller manufacturer might not be able to do something unless they do it in like runs of a thousand parts. And it's kind of hard to, right. to say, yes, for sure, this is going to work, then make a thousand parts and figure out it's, it's the wrong way. So it's nice that they can do one offs very easily and, fine-tune a part do exactly how it needs to be before they do a full-on production with it um so yeah working with a a big company like that is it really is a pleasure because it's nice to have see your ideas actually make it to production instead of you know having all this stuff written down on paper that you think could improve the helicopter or the product line but never actually see it put forward because of uh because of a number of reasons number one probably just being cost effectiveness right 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 and, you know, do you guys when when a line is in sort of that hardcore design phase where they've got a kit targeted for upgrades and whatnot, do they bring you or your teammates over to China and, you know, put you up for a couple of weeks where you guys are just banging out ideas? They're putting prototypes out. You fly them. You go back to the drawing board. That sort of a quick sort of design iteration cycle. Alan and, and uh, Jason, when Jason was heavy into the designing with the line, did that a lot before I flew with them, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now they've got Kenny over at the factory that is, is more than capable for testing the stuff for them on site. And obviously with like what we're doing here, Skype and email, the world's become such a small place that it's very easy to do stuff from home. Um, it's funny, actually. Stuff comes from Taiwan. They send it UPS, and it's usually here within like, three days. I can't get stuff sent from here <laughs> down to the closest state or the closest province to me that fast. It's ridiculous how quick right. get stuff here. It's, uh, it's almost more cost effective, I would say, for them to distribute stuff to all their pilots where they're at and get their feedback as fast as they can, opposed to spending thousands of dollars and flying three or four people over there, putting them up and, uh, you know, spending 
maybe four or five days with them um, when we can do it all through email or Skype. I never even thought about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but that's, that's impressive. That's a really good point. I, wow. And especially when they've got a guy like Kenny over there that can, they can see it firsthand. It's not like they're taking someone's word for it. So if something's breaking or something's continuing to fail or something's working really, really well, they can, the guys that have actually done the design and the R&D at the factory can see it firsthand instead of just taking someone's word for it. So he's kind of the resident test pilot. He he figures out all the, you know, the first run issues. And by the time it gets shipped out to you and, and your guys around the world, it's hopefully a little bit cleaner of a design. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So that I, makes perfect sense. I got to ask you, did the guy driving the Lambo, did he get fired? I'm honestly not sure what happened with that. Uh, I saw the video first and I watched it and like right when it went black, I kind of just closed it. And then I saw on Helifreak or Run Rider, I can't remember what it was, that uh, the Lamborghini was wrecked. And I went back and watched the video again and saw it. And I honestly don't know what happened. I, I was think they're kind of... I was shocked. They're keeping that hush. Yeah, I don't know how it's... It was on the runway that I think we we flew the contest at and it's just a straight shot down the whole thing. So I don't know what happened, but there's always like there's wild dogs and there's people on their bikes and stuff going wherever they please. So who knows what happened? Well, you know, you just can't go from second to third in the Lambo and punch it at 90 miles an hour. Cause it'll <laughs> no, that's very true. You definitely need to, <laughs> someone knows how to drive a car to handle it properly. I was shy and he, man, he did a good job. Oh, yeah, I would say that was, he had to have rolled it. It looked like it was. Oh, it was horrible. Three kid. So let me ask you, so you mentioned way back earlier in the interview that um, you guys have to, you know, for the most part when you're doing demos and whatnot, you have to have the Align stuff. Yes. Is it, uh, do all you guys have to use Align vacuums at home? Is that is that written into your contract? I would love to, actually. <laughs> I need to see if I can get Align vacuums. I've heard they're really good vacuums. Are they? I don't know. I'll have to, uh, you can actually, maybe you could forward this interview to them and see if you can get one coming. I've bugged them forever. I don't even know if I could hold one without laughing. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Just sitting there holding it it going, how does one go from this to a 700? How does a company do that? When uh, when we were in Taiwan this last time, um, I was there with my girlfriend, and we took the factory tour, and uh, Alan was showing us all around it, and they were making some parts for something. I can't remember. He, he was showing everyone, you know, here's where they're, this guy's cutting out the frames. It goes to here. They're cleaning them up. They're doing this, blah, blah, And then we went over to another assembly line, and he was like, I don't even have a clue what this is. It's probably some plastic parts for vacuum clean or something. Just ignore it. And we went on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird that is weird it's funny because uh thunder tiger um their their main uh market before the helicopter stuff was medical equipment um, oh really Kutaba i does, didn't know that no huh. Utaba does uh tvs and lcd screens and stuff like that as well so a lot of the the helicopter manufacturers are actually branched off into something else and this that's how they got to the helicopter side of things they had some money back in them from something else you know what and that brings something that um isn't well i, I actually kind of i don't even know if you know about this but we'll get a, a quick perspective on your thoughts now i on our forum i made a post about traxis now we all know traxis is huge in the rc industry cars of course mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And uh, I noticed recently we're starting to see some, they're essentially uh, rebranded, but I think what Traxxas is doing, and this is just a speculation, I think what they're doing is is just kind of testing the market to see what it's all about because the hobby's growing, as we all know, very rapidly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think if there's anybody that could give a line a run for their money just from the perspective of having the, the facilities and the money, uh, you know, once they figure out a way to produce a helicopter and do it with for a profit, I think it's just a prediction. I don't know what you think, but I think that some someday we might see a competitor for a line in that yeah. aspect. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, they they obviously haven't gotten big in the RC car industry from doing things wrong. Right. So uh, obviously, done their homework and jumped through all the hoops and done everything the right way in that industry. So if they did decide to come to the helicopter market, they're obviously going to do the same thing. So I, I would only assume that they'd be successful and it would definitely be, be stiff competition for all the other manufacturers out there. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Now it could be a long ways down the line and they may even decide they have want nothing to do with it. But I think that's the right. why we're starting to see these rebranded Traxxas coaxles and various other, you know, kiosk type helicopters. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what's, uh, what are your plans this, this year, man? What you're going to hit all the big ones, I'm assuming, uh, XFC and Urcha and all that good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, my first event, I think I'm going to hit Vegas in March and then Huntsville. And then after that, I've got an event here that I do in June. I had to change the dates. It actually ends up being the same dates as big D's, unfortunately, but that's how we had to do it for my work schedule. Um, and then after that, it's XFC, Urcha, um what's after that probably taiwan again you know there's a there's a new fun flag happening this year it's probably going to be a big one you should probably take a look it might conflict with your schedule but 14th of june there's a yeah there's a fun fly in spokane washington this year it's going to be a big one you should look at it i should look right now i've got my schedule right here rc hilly nation fun fly it unfortunately calling it yeah you'll be you'll be on xfc yep Okay, so it does conflict. It does conflict. Uh, Just a little bit. You know, and that's uh, something in the next uh, few years we'll we'll look at if we need to, but um, we kind of need yeah. it to pick a date and happen to pick the same date the XFC was happening. Yeah, it's a good time of year for a lot of stuff in a lot of places. Yeah, well, yeah, there's um, up here in the Northwest, we're kind of limited. There's, there's two or three pretty good fun flies, and we kind of wanted to add one more to the lineup. Right. You're flying the the 700 this year at all the competitions, the uh, 700E. Yep. And uh, we wish you we wish you luck, man. We hope you do well. Awesome, thank you. I need it. <laughs> Have you got your routine worked out? You're ready to go. Uh, You've been got it nailed uh, down. Something a little bit. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got some music mixed. I haven't flown to it like out at the field yet with an actual helicopter. It's just been all in the sim so far. But yeah. hopefully, we get some better weather. Right now, we're just going through they're saying it's going to be like the worst snowstorm since 76 or something to hit us in the maritimes like 50 somewhat centimeters of snow Ooh. so we're what's, doing what's, right now, what's we're that in english by the way that, that's that's 20 inches language. what is it in american <laughs> imperial I, I don't know i don't know what that is i don't know either man i, I know that 2.5 centimeters is an inch 20 inches there you go yeah see so, whenever we need a number crunch we just call it justin he must have just like went on Google real quick. No, well, he yeah, he did. It's his brain. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Justin's Google. It's his brain. Well, dude, hey, 
thanks for you know hanging out with us man it's been a lot of fun and as always um if you got some free time during the summer i know you guys are real busy but uh give us a give us a jingle let us know what's what's going on man. yeah definitely Shit, guys. I think I need to get a new charger. Well, hey, Dan, why don't you head over to Progressive RC and check out that new iCharger 4010 Duo that they got over there. Looks to be a powerhouse. And dude, while you're at it, check out one of his charger case combos as well. They're great looking. I know, man. Those things look sweet. I think I'm going to do that right now. www.progressiverc.com. Check them out for your charging needs. Alrighty, guys, that was Colin Bell. Good guy. Oh, yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Super professional. Yeah, and I got to tell you what, his girlfriend is smoking hot. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. Kudos, Colin. <laughs> really? Oh, man. <laughs> you. <laughs> man, and Nick man. had a problem with the awesomeness. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that one. I didn't even oh. skim the surface. Did you just call me a creepy old man? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> it's just an observation. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just thought I'd, I thought I'd throw throw it out on the table. You know what I mean? Well, now we know what. That's Dan not all does. he's throwing out on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a little bit of Facebook creeping. Can't help myself. Between sim time. That's right. Facebook creeper. <laughs> Don't think I haven't looked through all all y'all's bitch. That's everybody, by the way. (laughs) All y'all. All (laughs) y'all. So we did, you know, we're going to spend a little time and we don't, trust me, we don't want to beat this subject to death, but um, of course the big hubbubububu of the past week and a half, two weeks has been the Align versus the Scorpion thing. And I made a reference to the expensive tattoos, you know, getting them removed. And, and I got to, I got, I'm going to start it off and I got to tell you guys, I'm, compl- I'm completely serious about this. Now, I'm at, it's a, it's a strange place that I'm at because just like uh, last week, I made reference to, you know, a line kind of heavy handedly uh, approaching Will James on Heli Freak. You know, that was not right. And and we saw outrage, right? We saw, well, not the helicopter. We saw people up pissed off. But where has that fervor gone? You know, here we are. It's been a half a year, almost maybe a bit longer. And it's in the past. And the line didn't suffer anything for it. People are still happy, me included. Me included, still f- happily flying my Align helicopters. And so now we have this this new tactic, which when you read uh, um, the Jeff Fassbinder response, which was graciously sent to me by a listener, thank you, it's so obvious that that letter was very carefully crafted. Oh yeah, and and so it's it's like you know don't I just feel like someone's someone expects that we consumers are stupid, 
with this yep. backpedaling. Yeah, they made it. They can make it look all they want, like it wasn't an official aligned thing. But I got to tell you, in an organization like that, that kind of stuff doesn't just happen. No. Yeah. So, and it doesn't take a week for them to figure exactly, out what they want to say. And if it does say. happen immediately, yeah. and the company had nothing to do with it, they would have been on it. They would have been on it like stink on shit. Dude, they there are so many. I've like I happened to at one point stumble upon and and I don't remember it, so I'm not even going to attempt to quote it. But the like the um, the Align retailing contract. Oh my goodness! Yeah, like it's it's horrible. It's intense. Yeah. So there's no way that anyone would do that just because. And They'd be slaughtered. And I don't know if you guys saw that on uh, Run Rider, the the flight team captain, Dino, I don't know his last name. Spadachini. He's throwing himself under the bus. Probably on orders. <laughs> What's yeah. he saying? He's saying that he he jumped the gun without knowing the facts and, and said something about it or said it was real when it wasn't real. And, you know, he's he's taking all the blame for it. Look, dude. I don't care what you say in an organization like that. That kind of thing doesn't happen. Now, let you know, here, here's what I'm noticing. I'm noticing a lot of people going, well, what's the big deal? Well, guys, we have a huge company so, solely picking out probably one of the most respected individuals in the hobby and purposefully trying to harm his business. It's not all motors, right? This is what this is what Georges does, right? And they all everyone references the the Futaba and the Spectrum thing. Well, Spectrum is much more than just helicopter receivers and and radios. It's a it's a it's they do a lot of other stuff. So it's a much larger corporation. Um, does that make it right? I don't know. And I'm just trying to get this in my head and I don't I don't understand why people aren't upset about this and and what well a few of you aren't upset about this and and you're just calling it business is business and I and I get that I do get that but you know this the whole thing okay it happened but now you're trying to pretend like it didn't happen you're calling me you're calling me an idiot is what you're doing you're insulting my intelligence by trying to pretend like you had nothing to do with it and I, that's pretty insulting across the board. Yeah, it would have been better for them to step up and say, look, okay, we realize that was a little dirty. We apologize for any, you know, harm that it may have had to Georges or anyone else. You know, we retract our statement. Yeah, we retract it. But here's here's my situation. So here here I am with two Align helicopters that are very reliable that I fly all the time and I don't, you know, I I can't afford to just be out of principle, just go and get two new helis. I I can't do that. Right. That's just not an option. So I just, I, I, and I just want something in me is like, Dan, you just get rid of them and just be done with a line altogether. But the reality of the situation is that just is not economically feasible. So here we have, you know, a helicopter that is reliable, very easy to get parts for. And uh, it, it's just such this negative 
negative position because out of principle, I feel like these helicopters should be out of my fleet. Out of principle. Mm-hmm. But the reality of the situation is it's it's just... So here I am bitching about a line and I'm just going to keep going on doing my thing, flying my line helicopters like it doesn't even matter. So they're getting away with it. They're getting, they're totally getting a pass because what else are people going to do? And it's, it just feels dark and it feels dirty, you know, and why can't we just fly our helicopters and be, and just stop this bullshit? Yeah, it's, it's gotten bad. Okay. But now you have to think long-term because that's, that's always there too. You know, like you said, what you have is reliable. There's a reason that you have those. And that's because they're, they're good helicopters and we, we've all gone there. We all agree, but you might not get that instant gratification that you're looking for. Dude, I, that's the first thing I thought. If I had the money, I would strip this thing down, take it out front, beat it with a shovel, take a picture, post it, and go, where's your line at now? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that was my gut. That's what I wanted to do. But th- that's not feasible, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because money doesn't grow on trees. But would you consider buying another one? I don't. Uh, I, I don't. I would not. I don't think I will, all. dude. I, I, no, I, I will not. And that's. But that's so, what is I'm there a middle to... ground, though, Nick? Because you're going to crash it eventually, and you're still giving money back to them by buying parts. That's that's no. The, that's the problem. That's Absolutely. what you're hung up on, right? Dan? But it's yeah. still also a hobby. I mean, it is a hobby. It, it, this is not, it, dude. And I, I'm seeing like both sides. I, I am so right emotionally in the middle just bouncing back and forth you know should i just say screw it and take it in the shorts and and just refleet well crud <laughs> you know that's that's a tough thing to swallow i don't want to have to do that and i think that's why you know the people that don't that that really aren't grasping this is it's like it's emotionally taxing it's damn you a line for making me it's it's like they really let you down yeah and i think that's what it is you know futaba okay so maybe they did single out spectrum but uh, let me ask you a question have you ever been to take any one of these big fun flies have we ever seen mr align does anyone even know this guy's name right that's, yeah, absolutely not. Every single person in this hobby that flies Scorpion Motors knows who Georges is. Yep. And they mm-hmm. know that he's a good guy and he's the one out there helping. He travels to all the events. He's out there smiling, shaking hands and providing customer service. And so it's like, and I think that's what it was for this. Line's been pulling a lot of stuff, but they've gotten away with it. And was this specific instance the end of the world? No. No, not It was really. not. It, but it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And what I think a line underestimated was just because 
this hobby hasn't been saying anything doesn't mean that this hobby hasn't been thinking it. Yeah. And and finally, they, they poked the wrong guy, and he stood up and said something, and then everybody went, you know what? We're tired of it, too. And then to add because, insult to injury, dude, they, they backpedal like they yeah. did. Absolutely. Well, and we knew, I mean... Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I we, we did know that was going to happen, but the reality of it is, is it just sucks. Look, if I could, right this minute, dude, I would strip those seven hundreds, and I would just like you, Nick, I would give them away, beat the shit out of them, and take pictures of them, and say, <laughs> "There we go, I'm done with the line." But see, as I go through this summer, and it, I, it makes me, feel, I'm not going to lie, dude, it makes me feel like a hypocrite because. I am going to go this summer and I'm going to be flying those 700s. I'm going to crash those 700s. I'm going to need parts for those 700s. And I'm going to be feeding the monster. <laughs> it's, I really feel like I put myself in a bad place. And look, everybody that listens to this show, you all know that I proudly fly those Align helicopters because I enjoy those helicopters. So am I going to get over it? Yeah, I, I probably will because I really don't have a choice. But hmm. I, I just hate the way it makes me feel like, although I'm, I'm so disappointed, like Nick's nailed it, disappointed. But I guess I'll just bend over. Maybe they'll have the courtesy to throw a little KY on that thing before they shove it up my ass. Yeah, they got, <laughs> they've got you in the corner. In other you know, words. what am I going to do? Anyway. Yeah. And I think they put a lot of people, well, I mean, hey, we've put ourselves in that corner. Yeah. I'm not going to blame a line. I'm not going to blame a line for anything. I mean, it's us as consumers that are really at fault here in the long run. But, you know, uh, it, it's just, uh, it's, for me, it's almost not so much this exact event. It's the, like the, the uh, I don't know how to word it correctly. It just it started. It was the the little snowflake that started the snowball. Right. Because now there is just this huge ripple effect everywhere of poo slinging. Yeah, as if from, this hobby didn't have enough drama already. Yeah. yeah. And now all of a sudden it's it's yeah. You know what? Yeah, that's right. The little guy does need to stand up. And then and then this one dude who was, you know, maybe he was keeping his mouth shut because he didn't want to start drama. He he gets all riled up like we are, right? And he gets all emotional. And then that one guy that's been bugging him, I mean, geez, like like this this Facebook MMA fight that, that Fortin and Cameron oh, had. Oh my god. Oh man! Absolutely hilarious. I mean, we need we need to cover a couple basics here. We just had one manager of one <laughs> helicopter company <laughs> tell the manager of another helicopter company <laughs> that he needed a golden shower. <laughs> <laughs> I thought at some point <sighs> most of us grew up. Maybe not. Maybe that's a that's a poor judgment on my fault, but it's like Bad what has what has is that really what this is coming to? Yeah, and I got to tell you guys, look, this and and it's just it's and this 
this whole Mikado thing, right? This is just bad timing for me to learn about this because of this, you know? Yes. It just, it, it, if I would have heard about this in some random, random event and there was nothing else going on, I probably, well, whatever, you know, they submitted the patent in 2010 and no one said anything. Why, why is it a big deal now? I, you know, it'll all work out. Um, and on another note, um, uh, I, not to change the subject, but yesterday I recorded, um, Carrie Shirley's first Gasser Thoughts segment, and I had a nice conversation with him, him over it, and I just, he's so refreshing to talk to, because, you know, he's hes a hobbyist, first and foremost, just like, you know, all of us are, and almost all of our listeners, all of our listeners, for the most part, and the general consensus was, you know, talking about all this drama that's happening is, why can't we all just go fly our helicopters? Why can't we just go fly our helicopters? And just have a good time. And it's it's just kind of, I don't know. It just Well, you know ugh. the answer. Yeah, I do. The answer for that is because all of us, and we, okay, yeah, even though we do this podcast, we're still the normal guys. None of us fund our livings in this that's hobby. That's true. We'd- and that's the difference. The second yep. you start getting a paycheck, shit goes downhill fast. Yeah. Because there is that little piece of that pie. And, man, I don't care who's out at the field. I mean, I love it when they have these threads about, oh, I just wanted to let everyone know that I met so-and-so, you know, the owner of, uh, uh, you know, this helicopter company. And they were the nicest person and the most genuine. And they helped me. And I was having problems. And he even went over and he got me another part. Dude. Really? Because I've seen that same dude talk so much crap <laughs> about people. Oh, the yeah, they dude. Turn around. Yeah. You know, it's why do you think he's nice to you? Because he wants you to buy his helicopter. They're, they're salesmen. They will do what it takes to get that little piece of that pie. Now, I'm not saying that all of them are bad. N- not absolutely not at all. But they're they're less than you think. And you do need to remember that. And I am so grateful that we are we are in that position, and I always want to stay in this Absolutely. position. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I did ask last, um, last episode to get some listener feedback on this topic. Did you guys get any emails? I have gotten, like, it's such random. I, I mean, it was kind of almost like a, it was almost like a just a copy of everything that you read, both sides. Yeah, I got twenty five of them. Wow! Um, <laughs> wow! And they were all relatively. I was gonna maybe read some of them, but they all kind of said the same thing. I didn't get. I didn't get any. I did not get one email that was alliance in the right here. I mean, it was all in support of Scorpion. I wanted to touch on one thing because I did get like three or four that kind of they didn't they weren't really defending their position because we did talk about clones a little bit last week as you remember and and I just want to make it clear that you know me personally and I'm not going to speak for the other guys and they can speak to this but I get it and I understand um why a person is intrigued with a clone and I hold nothing against anybody because if it gets you into the hobby I'm all for it that's why I love chaos helicopters I love them. 
because it's like handing somebody a free dime bag. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's great because it's your first taste of the crack. So get it and get addicted because you're going to be getting another helicopter. And and so I just it, want to- it will, You won't buy it twice. You might not buy it twice. Some of them might. Some of them might have good luck with it. And that's great if you do. Yeah. Um, there's no judgment there, guys. We we get that. I get that. I, I don't know. I don't know if these guys do, but I get it and I support it. If that's what you need to do to get into the hobby, be safe with it. Be realistic with it. Understand that it might have some limitations. Do some research and and maybe consider what you might need to do to fix those limitations. But enjoy it and have a great time. Go fly that helicopter. Absolutely. Yeah. Regardless of the name on it. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make a difference. Just get it and get in the hobby and, and fly. Yeah. Because uh, next year you, you might realize, you know what? I need to step up and buy a, a brand name, bigger, nicer helicopter because that's what I want to do. Or if you don't, you do, that's your call. You do realize, Dan, you just kind of counter contradicted yourself. I did. How? Well, because you're like, just get in, just fly and have fun. Yeah. Like, you know you'll be able to do that again with your current heli. Well, and that's the thing that just, it, dude. It, <laughs> It'll happen. I know, but it's it it ugh, it feels dirty to me. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it, dude, it well, feels, yeah, real dirty. Like I said, I like I said, hopefully they'll put some KY on that thing because it's, I have no choice. Well, yeah. you know, we talked a lot about the Align side, but since the last episode, there's been more of a development, and George has fired back. Yeah. He offered that if you sell your Align helis, I think this was just to the team pilots, yeah. but if you sell your Align helis, then they will offer a, a number of different brands, basically a one-for-one trade for the cost that you got out of your Align heli. So, you know, let's take a step back. What do we think about that? Well, I don't Should like he it. have kept quiet? Should he have been the bigger man? I Is it so. okay because he's sort of the small guy? I, I, um, me personally, I think it would have been more classier to just not even acknowledge it and maybe, maybe acknowledge it and say, well, if that's what you got to do to, um, you, since you can't make a motor that, that is, uh, up to my standards and if that's what you got to do then i wish you luck i think that might have been you know he whatever mm-hmm. he he did what he wanted to do and and i read the response and I, I i agree with what he said but i i can't help but wonder <laughs> that's going to be an expensive proposition to do that you know does that could that potentially put them in a position that is makes them less viable i don't know the story i don't know the you know how how it's handled uh you know i don't don't know what that means to them financially but my god well and does anyone win in the end i mean i don't that's that's got to be a tricky position as a team pilot for scorpion that flies a line helis i think it's i think it would have been better to just acknowledge it and say i'm upset about it and that's it and then but you know he did what he did and and at this point uh i wish him the best with it (laughs) i mean i i kind of wish he would have handled it a little bit differently but he didn't and um 
So, you know, it's his his outfit, his, you know, he's footing the bill. So I hope it works for him. What do you think, Jesse? Because you're, you're a Scorpion team pilot, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, you know, someone took a shot at him and I mean, I'm not going to hold it against him how he chose to respond. I personally do not have any aligned helis, so it um it doesn't really have any effect on me but uh yeah i mean i'm definitely going to stand behind it if that's what, you know how he wants to handle the situation yeah I, that's that's how i feel essentially what do you think nick i i'll kind of take that stand i i would not have and uh you you, you know the only reason why i say that because it would not trend f- as per my past. I'm usually the guy to fire right back. <laughs> but um, I think that we, you know, we've been in a dramatic situation here at the nation. Yeah. And it, it took a lot for all of us oh, to boy. sit down. Oh, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were in that spot where it was like, you know what, dude? Let's bury him. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was willing to pour everything I had into it into making sure that another person did not succeed. And we we put a lot it took a lot of self restraint and thought, but in the end we thought, you know what? It's I, we didn't think that it was the way to go and I'm really glad we took that route. And yeah. I I think that we proved that taking the high road is the way to go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Scorpion makes incredible motors. They don't, they're great motors. They don't need to do anything. They don't need to fire back. He didn't well, need to do anything. I and, think basically it's, you know, he doesn't want to be, I mean, I guess directly supporting someone, you know. I get that. That, that, Dude, that company. I, so, I mean, that. Absolutely. I totally get that. And so. I agree with that concept completely. I do. He could have done that. And not announced it. Exactly. He could have sent that email out to every single one of the team pilots and said, here's the way it is. Here's what's going to happen. Um, I can't support you if you fly a line. I'm going to do everything I can to help you get into something else for as little money as possible. Uh, which, I mean, he did for all of his mm-hmm. team pilots. But it would have been classier for him to do that and not let us know. Yeah, and again, but unfortunately, I'm sure it still would have. It would have, but it it would have been a little different. Look, I yeah, you know, being being that person where you're ready to fire back with with you know, double lot. I mean, you're ready, you're loaded, ready to go. It's just, I totally understand how hard that is to resist. You know, it worked for us to just keep our mouth shut and let it go, and it worked well. He chose not to do it. That's his call. That's that's all we you know we can support him. Uh, no matter what, and that's well, that's what I choose to do. I don't really fly electrics, so I kind of feel like I'm you know it's just lip service at this point. But uh, ha- when I do get an electric, which by the way will not be a 700e. A 700E anymore, right? It, yeah. It, it, cross I, it off. No, cross that bastard off the list. It will not be a 700E. I mean, I'll fly a compass. Or I'll, let me, let me rephrase that. 
the next helicopter I buy, it would be a Compass before it would be an Align 700D. For real. Wow. That's profound. Yep. I like it. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere, a fairy just got its wings. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> so I, I want to read you one more. Just one more quick, quick little thing, because I, I saw this posted, and this was... This was just such an, an awesome thing to read. Uh, this was po- this was uh, posted on Heli Freak by Lucian Miller, and for you guys who don't know Lucian, he's the president and CEO of Innovative Designs, which is the U.S. the main U.S. distributor of Scorpion Motors. And by the way, let me give him one more plug. He's okay. also the host of All Things That Fly podcast. Yeah, the pa- what is it? Power Corner? No, he does the whole show now. Oh, he does. Yeah. Really? Yep. Hmm. Wow. I I I had I it's 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 a airplane show. They do talk a little bit of helicopter, but um I actually checked it out not too long ago. So Well, I'll be done. Yep. Okay, so what he, he you know, he kind of went through and and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this this last paragraph is is just it's awesome. And, and I'm going to read this straight out of a quote. I know a lot of people that own businesses in the RC hobby industry, and I see them all several times a year at various trade shows and fly-ins across the country and around the world. I'm good friends with many of the people that work at various companies that make motors and speed controllers, which are in direct competition with the Scorpion products that I distribute. We have dinner together at trade shows and hang out with each other at fly-ins. We all love the same hobby. So when one company singles out another and starts causing grief, it really goes against the friendly spirit of this hobby. As far as I'm concerned, Georgia simply said that enough is enough and called a line out on this one. A line needs to learn that there can be friendly competition between manufacturers and simply stick to selling their product. Well said. That, that I mean... That, to me, that's that's it. That's the essence I mean, of the whole thing. It is. Yeah. It's like, and if anything good can come out of all of this, which right now it's it's a little doom and gloom because it's kind of stirred up all the dirt off the bottom. But if anything can be said, it's like, I think we can really realize and learn how tight niche of a hobby this is and and how there is a lot of, while there's a lot of dirty stuff in it, there is still a lot of respect left in there. Yeah. And and because everyone knows that there is only that pie so big, if you want to last in this hobby, you have it's just not worth it. You can't burn bridges. No, you can't. Look at all the companies that that have been around since the beginning and that are that are still trucking along. Now they might not be the biggest, but they're still trucking along miniature aircraft. Uh Curtis Youngblood, a couple of great examples, a couple straight up, honest, good people. And you know what sucks about that, Nick, is Align is the Michael Vick, you know, Align is the Casey Anthony, the people that can get away with murder, literally. Yep. Yeah. And well, they, and we'll just, they got called out on it. It's just ridiculous. But anyway, guys, we're going to, this, this is the last time that we are going to visit this issue we don't want to continue to beat this horse it'll probably go on 
but we're not going to spend any more time. We, you know, we took this episode to kind of say what we had to say and just be done with it because we don't want to, you know, it's a negative thing and, and that's not what we're about, but sometimes you got to explore the negative. And unfortunately this was one of those times and, and hopefully shit like this doesn't continue in the hobby. I hope it doesn't set a precedence because it's just not good for anybody. You know what, Dan? Hmm. You know how I'm going to get through it? How's that? When I go out and fly tomorrow, and you know, when I get out and I have to fire up my 700 Nitro or plug in my 700E, I'm going to think of the, the good people, like Colin. Right. That's what I'm going to think of. I'm going to try and think of, you know what? I'm supporting Colin Bell. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to that's a good way to put it because there there's a lot of good people flying online helicopters, guys. Yep. And and there and is. let me just reiterate that I know we're going to get some people that are might not like what we had to say and go ahead and send those emails. We'll read them all. But there's a lot of good people. Colin Bell, all those guys involved who have nothing to do with any of that stuff. We all know who has here in the States anyway, we all know who does that. We all know. And it has nothing to do with these pilots. You guys that continue to support Align, that's awesome. Do your thing. There's no judgment. This is our thoughts. This is our opinion. And we're not trying to influence anybody to, to see it our way. We encourage you to, to think of it and react to it your way. And, and just understand, we're just telling you how we feel. And that's all there is to it. So don't take any more than that out of what we just said. But if you disagree, let us know. By all means. So let's move on to a little better topic. What do you guys think? Let's do it. I think we need a pick-me-up. Let's, let's do a pick-me-up. This is exciting. So we a, a month or two ago, a month and a half ago, we decided, uh, I guess it was a month and a week ago, uh, 1st of January, we decided we were going to give away a, comp- a Compass Warp 360. How cool is that? I just want to say before we go into this, a huge thank you to Nankin Hobbies, Compass, David Kettlehut, you guys rock. And this is not possible without those guys. So it, it's completely... You know, if you want to thank anybody for giving this helicopter away, send an email to David Kettlehut and say, dude, thank you for supporting the hobby the way you do. Because you rock, dude. Because this is all them. We're just the conduit to make it happen. Somebody here in the next few minutes is going to get a Warp 360. Now, so the contest was to send us a picture of your helicopter in an interesting or odd location. There was some very creative pictures sent in. A lot of guys photoshopped. It's perfectly fine. We just wanted you to use your imagination, have fun with it. And wow, I got to tell you, we got some amazing pictures. And what sucks about that is when you have all these amazing pictures to choose from, it makes it hard. (laughs) It yeah, we it, need a couple of warps, man. Yeah, and only one heli. It makes it a tough choice. So here's what we decided to do to kind of remedy that. There can't be just one winner. 
and and unfortunately we don't we do only have one warp to give away so we decided to do a couple consolation prizes and as you know digging in technical series that Nick and Justin do we have decided that two others aside from the winner the winner's going to get the warp two other people are going to get essentially a lifetime subscription so I'll put your name on an email whenever those episodes are up uh, I will get the file to you somehow, some way. And you can download it and enjoy it. The the choosing, <laughs> I mean, I got I got I gotta tell you, for a long while there was a clear winner. Because there was a, a submission that was that was so spot on. It just there was some clever thought put into it. Sure enough, as the contest rolled along, we started seeing some really awesome, funny, and we're like, oh, now we're actually going to have to put some work into this, right? So we searched through them all, kind of narrowed the list down. The runners up, you two, these two guys are going to receive, uh, I'm assuming they're guys because I just have their handles on our, on our forum. Um, you guys will receive uh, the Digging In episodes and... Um, Thank you for your submissions. All right, so the the first the first runner up, and the, the, these two are gonna they're going to win um, lifetime essentially uh, subscription to the digging in episodes. Uh, user by the name of Moldy, he um, created a picture. Uh, we, we call it Moon Guy, but it's essentially an SAB goblin on the moon with the NASA guy. Can't figure out why he can't get any lift. Very creative, thoughtful picture. Thank you, Moldy, and congratulations. You will be getting all the Digging In episodes. The second runner-up, just for sure shock value, <laughs> and funny, just, just like, what am I looking at here? Uh, oh, by the way, Moldy's post is number 90, for those of you who want to go check it out on that thread. The second is Michael, I, Michael INPR. I'm not, I'm not sure how you pronounce that. INPR? Michael Imper, <laughs> his post is uh, number 106 and you guys have to go look at this because it's him on the shitter <laughs> toilet guy dude <laughs> toilet guy what I mean just wow what a brave picture excellent thank you for the submissions and last but not least uh, he is flying a little heli just to, yeah just he's so actually he left flying. the part out oh, yeah, on yeah, the yeah, toilet yeah. He's, he's he on didn't the, just take a picture of himself on the crapper, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's flying, yeah, he's flying a little heli while he's uh, doing his bedness, so to speak. And last but not least, the winner of the Warp 360. Birth of a Nation. It just, it's so perfect. And uh, that is by RCNet, and that is post number 38. Dude, you put so much thought into that. Nailed it. You, you are the man, Roger. So we're going to go ahead and uh, I'll be getting in touch with you this week sometime or go ahead and send me an email or, you know, a PM on the uh, forums. And um, so we'll go ahead and get that get that email address to me or get your physical mailing address to me. Go ahead and send me a PM. His name's Roger. RCNet, Roger? I think it's yeah. Roger, yeah. Okay, yeah. And, uh, dude, thank you. We're going to – what we'll probably do is take all the submissions and we'll put them into like a montage – and so you guys can see them all and make put them on a Vimeo on a Vimeo video. Again, thanks to Nankin Hobbies, uh, awesome giveaway. 
Warp 360. What what can you say? That's that's huge. So gonna love it. Yeah, yeah. By all accounts, it's a good helicopter. It is a compass, you know. So you know, but you know, it's all good. We better see pics of that in the helis of the nation thread, Roger. Oh yes, and I want to yeah. see pictures of it on Facebook, man. You got to let us. You got to keep us informed on how it's going, how you're enjoying it. Uh, who knows? Maybe even get you on the show here in a few months, and uh, you can tell us all about it. That'd be kind of fun. So congratulations and thank you to everybody that submitted a picture. You guys all put a ton of thought into it. Just a few mentions. I mean, Larry had a really good one um, where he was on the sim and the radio was simming him smacking your anus. <laughs> the guy, I love you know? that one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, some of these. The strip club. The strip club one. Some of these uh, just, you know, missed out by just a vote when we were kind of figuring it out, but. If we could give you all a helicopter, we would, but we just can't do that, obviously. I just want to, again, thank you all for participating in that fun contest and uh, look forward to more stuff like that as we move along. Yeah. All righty, guys. This one's kind of running long, so we're going we're gonna to wrap it down here. Wrap it down. Is that? Wrap it yeah, up. It's the new standard, dude. <laughs> You're wrapping down. <laughs> it's yeah. the new standard. We're wrapping it down. <laughs> It's the new standard. So the website going strong, you know, the, the chat box in the front, still very active. Come hang out, chat with us there and, uh, make some new friends. There's a lot of people that hang out there on a regular basis. The forums, every time I log on, it's just, uh, it's so awesome to watch this grow and, and just watch the conversations happen kind of organically. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just happening. So thank you. To all of those who participate in that, and uh, we encourage you, if you haven't yet, to go ahead and log on. And if you're a manufacturer or a vendor or a retailer, you're welcome. It's a safe spot. You can come on, you know, go to our promotions uh, forum and let us know what's going on with you. Uh, events, uh, send those events to Dieter at rchelynation.com. He will um, be sure to get those into our calendar. And Facebook kind of grew this week. You guys notice that? We're like a every week it gets crazier, man. Seventeen hundred. Yeah, we should come up with some kind of contest for when it reaches two thousand. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll work on that. Some kind of whoever the the two thousandth like is should should win something cool. Yeah, let us let us think about that. Good for thing a I'm saving mine. <laughs> Jesse's Jesse's gonna he's gonna unlike us and wait and just like yeah. camp it. He's gonna camp it and just wait. Say there it is, like, like, like. Damn it, I missed it by one. No, that's uh, that'll be fun. So look forward to that. We'll definitely work something up with that. Of course, the newsletter. Be sure to get onto the web page. That's Jesse's baby. He's doing a fantastic job with that. Go ahead and and uh, get signed up for that. Never know what you're going to see in there. And last but not least, guys, I can't tell you how excited I am for June 14th to come around. It's our first fun fly. It's looking good. We're getting things organized and making things happen, talking to some big names and trying to make make it happen. And of course, as we get confirmations, you guys will be the first to know probably on our on our forum and we'll definitely talk about it uh, every week as we get information on who's going to be there. Uh encourage you to go ahead and go to the Facebook page. It's on our events tab and let us know. You know, let us know if you're going to come. Of course, uh Pinion is going to be there now. Keep in mind, yes. it is it is six months away, and and things happen, and uh, 
uh, he's counting on it. He's planning on it, but um, he he tells us he's going to be there. Laura Helley is going to be there for vendor support, yep. and uh, KDE is going to be there. Correct. And um, as we get uh, an idea of who's going to be there and, and what kind of giveaways and raffles and contest prizes and who knows what, we'll be sure to let you guys in on that. And uh, we plan to get quite a bit of support from a few people we've been talking to. So we're, we're looking forward to, God, I can't wait for that. It's going to yeah, be great. We're, we're really trying to, to pack it full. I mean, we're going to have events for beginners, events for more yeah. advanced pilots. The, the night thing is just going to be off the hook. You know, that's that's going to be a blast. We're going to crank up the music and fire up those lights and and uh, probably put some in. <laughs> There's going to be some carnage, yes. but that's it's good stuff. And what so, I'm what I got to tell you, what I'm most excited about. It's no secret. I the idea of live shows, live recorded shows because we can't really do s- streaming yet. I'm so excited to work on this the production of the show itself. And uh, how, you know, we're totally going to involve everybody who's there to the best that we can. I know we're limited into the number of mics we can put out, but nonetheless, we can put those in such a way that just people can come up under the mic and give us their story and, you know, shoot us some shit and make fun of us and all that good stuff. We're looking forward to that kind of, that's just going to be a lot of fun. We're going to try to involve as many people as we can and, um, and let it happen. It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you can make it, I suggest you try. I think it's going to be, for a first-year fun fly, it's looking up, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. It's tough to know what to expect, especially when you don't know what you're doing. But we think, by all accounts, we think it's going to be a pretty successful event. We're really looking forward to it. So there's there's a couple things I'd like to There There are some people that have gotten in touch with me and, and asked me about, you know, Spokane is right near there. It's 20 minutes away, 25 miles. Hotels, if you if you're there's an international airport there, um, feel free to get in touch with us. We've got lots of room. If you want to send us your stuff, we'll gladly take it to the field, and uh, we'll gladly drop it off at the UPS store on the way home. And we promise to return it in pretty good shape. <laughs> if there's any bits on there we really like it the mailman might grab it we don't know <laughs> but uh so if that's a concern just get in touch with us we'll, we can make arrangements uh that way too so look into it see what you think all righty nick if i wanted to get in touch with you how would i do that uh first you would have to send me some dayquil please <laughs> And then definitely shoot me an email at nick at rchelynation.com or throw me a post up on the forum. And Jesse, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Oh, the best way to get in touch with with me would be to shoot me an email at jesse at rchelynation or catch me in the chat box as jesse. Sounds real good. And Justin, if I wanted to get in touch with you? You could send me an email at justin at rchelynation.com, catch me in the chat box or on our forums. And I am Dan. If you wanted to get in touch with me, you could do that, dan at rchillynation.com, or you could reach me at Dan K. Reed on our forums. All righty, guys. Well, we sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We will talk to you next Monday. 
See you later, everyone. Just have a good week, guys. Later. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, send us an email using the Contact Us link on the homepage. If you'd like to make a donation, there's a Donate Now button on our homepage as well. Oh, 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 oh